Mommy makes me mash my M&M's. Gee, I didn't think you guys did that. I thought that was only for our choir. No. We used to do the sit on a potato panotis, sit on a potato panotis too. The arsonist had webbed feet. Unique New York. Unique New York. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say on the outtakes uh, on on um, freaking the anchor man? He said, um, he said, um, the something tried to get a bank loan. What did he say? <laughs> the, <laughs> I forgot. What, I know what you're talking about. The something needed a bank loan. <laughs> That cracks me up every time I see those stupid out. What is wrong with Will Ferrell, G? Scotch, scotch, scotch. What is wrong with Will (laughs) Ferrell, G? In these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 20th episode of The Word Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. What's up, kids? Welcome to the show. My name is Dan Ramirez, and we're here to entertain you for the next, I don't know, two plus hours or something like that. Steph Foosh, what is cracking, my brother? Brother, I am ready to jam, man. I am ready to jam. I watched some cool stuff this week. I think, personally, I think a few of the things you might not uh, agree with me on, but I'm jamming. I'm ready to rock. How about yourself, G? How's your morning? How's your week? Same old shit, man. You know what? It's not about this week, because this week was just like your standard, my busy week, as we've come to call it through the course of the show. So, you know, not a whole lot to talk about. However, next week, big things coming. Going to WonderCon with my boy Mike. Going to hit the city of Anaheim. It's going to be a bro NATO up in that bitch. So Anaheim better get ready. They are not ready. No, they're not ready. Are most of the people there our age or no? You know what? Actually, it's a pretty good mix, to be honest with you. There's there's a little bit of everything for everyone there. Honestly, I'm telling you, like, I know that, like, San Diego Comic-Con's, like, where it's at. That's where you're going to yes. get all the big, big, big shows. WonderCon over the years has slowly come up, and it's really becoming a nice substitute. You know, you don't have to go out to San Diego. You don't have to get into these lines. You don't have to get into... Yeah, there's still lines, but not like San Diego Comic-Con. You don't have to get online and sit there and go, am I or am I not going to get a ticket, you know, months in advance? So I like it right now. Hopefully it won't. Not for a while. But I know it's going to bust out one day and it's not going to be as easy to get in. For now, though, WonderCon's the shit. It's my preferred California con. And I'm down because I needed a vacation so badly, sir. And it's time. You know, I was wondering, and this is such a me question, is it an age-mixed crowd and a mixed crowd? You talking like culturally diverse or what? Affirmative. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like a love fest over there. I've never had like any like bad things happen over there. Never. I mean, how like how much are you down to like getting a fight with somebody or something like that dressed like, you know fucking doctor who or something like that you know what i'm saying but to answer your question it's very diverse there's there's like i said there's a little bit of it of everything for everyone there it's very harmonious man i it's like one of the times because like you know you know me i i can talk a lot but i'm not one to like just go up and hi i'm dan and and just start meeting new people but you're in this like communal setting where everyone's kind of there for the same everyone is there for the same reason for the most part 
and that's to have a good time. So people just naturally talk more. It's like going to a concert or standing in line at a concert and everyone's like there for the same thing. There's lots to talk about, you know? I've met so many great people at these cons and I don't expect this year to be any different. You know, this is my last amazing year with a certain someone in the house. Well, depending on if he goes to city or not. So I was like, you know, I need to take him somewhere and I think he'd love WonderCon next year. You should really do it, man. All you got to do is just, uh, for anyone that's actually interested, just go to like the WonderCon homepage and you have to register for this thing. It's not something that you can just go and show up and buy a ticket. They actually send you their badge. Side story, fucking WonderCon has not sent me my badge yet. I saw that. Now, <laughs> yeah. So are you going to have to wait in line for your badge? Dude? I'm really hoping not, man, but I'll be there and I'm not going to let it, you know, yeah. I'm not going to let it be. It's. I imagine that most people got their badges because they were distributing online only. So there's probably mm-hmm. just going to be a handful, which translates to probably a fairly long line of people that need to get their badges. I know it's there. I'm not even worried about it, but I was really hoping Monday's the last day. So if it comes on Monday, I am GTG, man. But if I have to wait in line, so be it. It's going to be a blast. Now, as far as uh, not to get into your business, but how much are the hotels around there once you go to WonderCon? Like, when, uh, what kind of prices are we looking at? You know, they actually have a special through WonderCon, and I believe it was like two oh nine a night, and you're staying like right there. So two oh nine a night is for I'm sharing a room with my boy Mike. So it's like it's a, they have nice rooms. It's the Hilton on one side of the Anaheim Convention Center, and then I believe it is the Marriott on the other side, and the rooms are they're great. It's a huge party situation. It's it's a lot of fun, dude. It's going to be cool. And I think that 209 is not too bad considering like the quality of the hotel, location of where we're staying and, and yeah. accessibility. It works. Oh, no question. Um, did you? Because uh, I think I'm going to try a, um, Airbnb if I go uh, next year. No, 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 I'll- no, no. You're doing it all wrong already. Look at you. See? Look at it. Stop it. <laughs> the only reason I was going to do that is because a lot of older people don't know about WonderCon. And so if I if you get a uh, some of those are like one twenty a night and you just and then you just go to WonderCon get an Uber to WonderCon. See what's good about this though is through experience I have found that it's the best to stay on campus or near it because you know you're at one point like we're not gonna just we're not like cheap or anything but we're bringing our own beer we're gonna bring our own food because that shit gets really expensive. There's these there's this uh, group of food trucks that hang out right there. I think Ooh. I said fruit trucks, fruit. But That's actually, okay. you know, you know what I'm saying, folks. Food trucks. That's what they call it in San Diego. That's what they call no, it over LA. there in Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. They they call it fruit. It's it's a it'll yeah. catch on later. But anyway, they've got like some amazing food trucks there. So I plan on visiting them a little bit. But you know, that all adds up. But what I'm getting at is, it's nice because you know you want to go back to the hotel room to kick it for a second. Mm. It, it comes in extremely handy, dude. It comes because I like to go watch the panels, and it comes in extremely handy. To have that because like, you know, maybe I got to go to the restroom or something like that. Or maybe I want to go grab a beer. I have my boy or whoever I'm with, my, my boy Michael sit there. I'll go grab a beer. I'll come back. He'll go grab a beer. You know what I mean? We save our seats that way because if you leave, then you kind of have to start all over getting in line for things. You can potentially at least, at least for the last few years that I've been there, you could basically just sit in the arena for the duration of how long, you know, however long you want to be there for. But as long as you have someone to save your seat, you're good to go. So that's how we've been. Oh, that's doing pretty it. dope. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. did you and why did you and your boy sound like a, a, a wine cooler though? What do you mean? Mike and Dan. <laughs> Mike and Dan's <laughs> Mike and Dan's spiked lemonade. <laughs> that's a reach, man. That's a reach. But I'll take it. I'll sell, I'll pimp myself out for y'all, some y'all wine coolers. Like a, a pale ale. <laughs> Dan and Mike's. <laughs> hey man, can you give me a some Dan and Mike's? You got that on tap? I'm Dan Ramirez for Dan and Mike's Artisan Beer. (laughs) 
crafted with the finest hops. I don't know. Maybe just early. Since we're on this whole WonderCon thing, let me just talk about that real quick. I was going to bring it up later. Mm-hmm. I'll bring it up now. Yeah, please. Tell me the panels, the panels you're going to. I haven't actually done my whole plotting of my weekend yet. I just have okay. a few. There's a few little highlights that I've, you know, kind of brought out that I'm, I'm going to definitely be at. But uh, mm-hmm. to the folks that might be there, to our listeners that might be there. Hit me up on Twitter, man, or Facebook, something like that. Let's let's meet each other. Let's say hello. So if you're in the WonderCon Anaheim area next weekend and you want to say hello to your buddy Dan, hit me up on Twitter. We can take a, you know, we'll meet. Let's go to a bar. We'll have a beer, something like that. I think it would be awesome to meet some listeners. But anyway, things that are expected for WonderCon this year, man. Um, I'll be honest with you. I have seen some more exciting things over the course of the years. But again, I haven't really like locked in my whole schedule yet. Um, there is a Warner Brothers panel that I'm looking forward to where they're going to, it's going to be, um, Ready Player One is going to be there. So the actors from Ready Player One are going to be there. That should be dope. And they are rumored to show the Aquaman trailer because the Warner Brothers panel needs to get some, all the help they need with the DC universe. Man. And yeah, I've, I've heard from several different, you know, sources that the Aquaman trailer is going to be there. I don't know if Momoa is going to show up, but it's very possible. So that's exciting, right? Dude. That I would be really excited about that. Dude. Yeah, I think that would be dope to see that. And you know, he's I've heard, I've seen him in other panels before. He's fairly entertaining. Oh, you got to see him in other panels? Just on YouTube. I haven't oh, actually oh, seen Momoa oh, in person. Okay. All right. Remember, okay. man, I'm I'm all about WonderCon. I don't get that Comic Con shit. That I'm apparently not good oh, enough to. No, get into I the thought club. that he came to WonderCon. That's why the only reason I was like, oh, you've seen him before. He may or may not have, but I've missed a couple of years in between just okay, from like okay. work schedules and stuff. Uh, what else, folks? Let's see. There's a timeless panel that's going to be there, Steve. Our buddy Malcolm Barrett, who plays Hoover on Preacher, is going to be there. And I was kind of wondering, maybe I should like hit him up and see if I can get a little interview or something. Like an impromptu. I don't really know if I'll be able to do that. But let's just say I think it would be interesting, no? <laughs> wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, Yeah, it seems like any interaction with Homie would be. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting cat. And I'd kind of like to see what's up with him. So I'm going to try, <laughs> folks, to see if I can get Malcolm Barrett to come onto the show for... A few minutes. Maybe he can Skype me from his hotel room. I don't give a shit, but we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, Steve, you'll be interested in this one, man. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel is going to be there. Oh. And I actually signed on just for you because I actually do not watch the show. I'm going to start because per your recommendation, you say it starts to get much better as the time goes on. But I'm so far back. I don't know anything. I think I watched like the first four episodes of season one. So, you know, got a lot of learning to do. However, they are having an autograph signing session, and I signed up for that. So let me know if you need some autographs, brother, because I'll hook you oh, up. Oh, I already sent you. I already sent you who I want, man. Do you, Which can one? You get a, I think I texted to you. I'll text it to you again. Okay. Well, who is it? Are you going to keep the listeners in? Uh, no, because I told you it mystery? would be good for you and I because um, Adrian Padalecki's in it. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did tell me about that. Yeah. That and would be so, cool. S- since we like her in both shows, that would be great. But, you know, there's, I mean, shoot, dude. I mean, like, I'd like all of them personally. I'd like every single one of their uh, autographs personally. But I know you're not going to just sit there for 18 years getting autographs. So, Well, truth be told, no, no, I'm not. But I did try, but I didn't try hard enough, man, because there was a few, like, little, like, specific rules on the WonderCon website where I was actually going to apply for a press pass. And I had up until February 5th to do so. But they were saying that we needed our show needed to be on for I want to say it was like either twelve months or eighteen months, and they were being very selective this year. So I didn't even really bother with it. But coming next year, and maybe even for if you're interested, we could obviously talk about this off air. But if you're interested, I think that maybe we should try to get our shit together and head out to Comic Con this year under a press pass. 
If not Word for just up. a day or yeah, like a day or two. We don't have to do the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yes. And um yeah, uh dude, I think I I wish I would have gone because I would have gotten I would have gotten Chloe Bennett's autograph for Agent Shield. I would have got Elizabeth Henstridge and I would have gotten Big Not Win. I'm gonna get you out to these cons eventually, man. I know that like crowds are not your thing, but I think oh, you dude. need to do this. And I really do but, think that you and your son should do this next year. It would be fun. For sure, for sure. And uh gee, you're a guy that will just Share a room with somebody, dog. We're not sharing a bed. I'm staying. They're just sharing, sharing a room. But still, no, it's a, I know. It's and just, I'm it's thinking. Just, I'm hoping. I did request a suite. I don't know how if that's really going to go down. But I'm I'm hoping that we're going to be in a suite, which would be even sweeter. Sweeter. <laughs> oh, you like that? Oh, everyone yeah. saw that one coming in a fucking cab down the Come street. Come on, badum. But uh, pss. all right. What else? So just to wrap things up, like I said, there's not a whole lot. Uh, there's this show that's coming on AMC pretty soon called The Terror. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of this. It sounds kind of dope, man. I kind of like the premise of it. It's basically set in the 1800s. And it's about this like Arctic, what would you call it? Uh, Here, I'll just read a quick little synopsis. The crew of a Royal Naval Expedition searching for the Arctic's treacherous Northwest Passage discovers instead a monstrous predator. That's the whole premise of this show. It starts uh, Tuesday, April 24th, by the way, folks. Nice. They're going to have this submersive... um, they're calling, oh, excuse me, an immersive experience that they're going to have there somewhere on the side of, of WonderCon. And from what I understand, you know, it's like you get to walk onto the ship and they, they put, you know, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it sounds pretty cool. And it caught my attention. So I'm definitely going to check that out too. And it's free. So free is always good. Free is fantastic. I don't know about you, but free is fun. I will take free. But it's called terror. terror. The Terror. Yeah. The Terror. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a time travel. They're finding a predator in the now. I believe so. I don't know if it's going to be like just this big sea beast or something like that, but it's supposed to be pretty dope. Man, that's I, I don't think I've ever ca- heard it called that, man. You make Leviathan sound even worse by calling them sea beasts. Sea wow. beast is good, huh? Threatening. That's right? a really, I mean, why don't, there should, how, is there a movie called Sea Beast? I don't know. Leviathan, not, I don't, well, I could have used Leviathan, but I don't know if that's what it is. You know, that would be even I better. I think a sea, I think any sea beast is the Leviathan. Is Leviathan, is that correct? What about like Kraken? I, the Kraken, is that the same thing? Is it in the sea because it could live on land? I don't know. Now we're getting into Kraken mythology, could live on I don't know. That was the one part of, uh, what was the movie? Um, Clash of Titans? The, yeah, that was the one part of the Clash of Titans that I was like, dang, that, that thing is freaking a monstrous. I mean, I was when they said release of the Kraken, that thing came out. But they ruined it for the, on the um, trailer, though. I think it would have been way more shocking if they didn't show you the trailer or show you uh, what the crack it looks like on the trailer and it just comes out of the water you're like dang other than that that movie was not as bad as people said it was but it wasn't great are you talking yeah. about the original or the remake the remake yeah i kind of like the remake yeah it wasn't as bad as people said i was expecting it to be much worse but it was totally watchable and then but, of course you know you got the original one which is dope but it's so dated now <laughs> with its so, but it has a place in my heart that's the yeah, only reason sure. i like it it's like it makes me feel goosebumpy, which makes me know that my my mom or somebody was watching it when I was younger because little things happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember that for some reason. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember like the owl thing. I was like, how do I know this? That's Whatever. Bupo, man. Bupo the owl. Is it called Bupo? I think it was Bupo. Yeah. I don't know how Gee, I remember that. You got a good memory, G. I think we just watched it when we were little, man. Well, that one I watched a lot, and it's kind of dear to me, man, because like my grandma, I remember my grandma took me to see that movie, and then like right oh, afterwards, come on. that's awesome. We went to this uh, this toy store that was right next to the movie theater called Arthur's Toys, which was like my mm-hmm. my heaven 
You know what I mean? And walked yeah. in there and she like hooked me up with the whole line of the of the action figures from Clash of the Titans. So that was a special day. Awesome. Special day for your boy. I remember that. Rest in so, peace. Rest in peace to my Nana yes, out there. Totally, totally, dude. Um, so, almost done. Almost done. Check this out. Yeah, because I, I still have some questions about WonderCon. So go oh, ahead. okay. Well, then the last two things that I'm that I have, you know, lightly researched, but I'm definitely going to check out is I want to see the Netflix Lost in Space series premiere. That's going to be a panel too. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm looking very. I, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, but I'm really excited about this one. It looks really good. It looks like okay. they put some money into this, and I'm just hoping that they do. Right by it. I was never like an original Lost in Space fan, but if you watch the trailer, it's like a two or three minute trailer. It looks like pure dopeness. So I can't wait to get started with that. And then the other one that this one, this is the one that's uh, giving me the most interest. It's actually a smaller panel. Did you know that there is a Kevin Smith biopic that's supposed to be coming out at some point called Shooting Clerks? Are you kidding me? I was just reading about this and gee, that should be a lead off topic. It's directed by Christopher Downey, also written by Christopher Downey, and it does obviously star Kevin Smith. I imagine Jay Muse is going to be in it and most of the View Askew people. But what was said on the, and I really wish I would have pulled that up. I actually pulled the wrong note. But what they're saying is they're going to do a panel about this biopic with a very, quote, very special guest. So I have to. Oh, well, come on. I have to go, man. It has to be Kevin Smith. Not my thing is they're doing this with Kevin Smith. I think they planned this before his situation maybe so but he's in the area that is insane that they're doing a well that's a good thing that just means that we're you know obviously we're not but it means we're not the only ones that think that his life is fairly fascinating dude he has not gone through one um like every director has some sort of drama they went through there is no drama that kevin smith was ever linked with Weinstein wasn't his fault. What has he ever been involved in? Nothing. Matter of fact, that he he was saying on the Ralph report when he was like going over what happened, and I think it was on the second episode because it was split. The interview was split up into two. He was basically saying like, "Yeah, I think you know, I what was this quote? It was a Kevin Smith quote, totally. But it was something like, I guess he said something like, as long as I don't wake up with a dead girl, or for that matter, a live boy." Then I've pretty much done it all right. You know what I mean? In other words, like he can go through life and he was he would be happy, you know, he wouldn't be happy dying, but he's ready to accept that now. Mortality is like definitely on his radar. And he said that he would he'd be okay with dying now and feel like, you know, he got but how do you put it? He said that he got to see his own wake, essentially. Which I think is pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Because I, all these people very always, interesting thing to say. Right. You know, because you drop dead. You don't know who's going to come to your funeral. I think everyone asks, that, everyone asks that question in one way, shape, or form at some point in their lives. He got to see that. And the response oh, totally was just did. crazy, you know? And, and he was like, yeah, so they more or less do think I'm a good guy. I, you know, I lived my life honestly and didn't do anything dirty. And so I've done everything I wanted to do. That's the thing, man. I've, I haven't heard anybody come out saying, hey, man, Kevin Smith screwed me out of money. He's always been on the up and up. And I'm like... I think it's a lost, I mean, there's many, I'm sure there's many filmmakers that have, but I didn't just almost lose one, so I, you know, they're not coming to mind. The, but this one is like, I think there's something to be said for, for someone who actually lived above the fray and did it his way and is still around to talk. There's something to be said for that. I'm so glad we didn't lose him. Oh, dude. Which is why I'm always going to just, when he makes a movie, when he does something, I'm watching it. Because he's never, there's the closest he's gotten to disappointing me. 
was Yoga Hosers and Cop Out. That's the closest he got. I even like Jersey Girl. I walked out of the theater like, why do people not like this movie? Because it was very Kevin Smithy, and it was right up my alley then. You know me, I watched it too. I sat through Yoga Hosers, and if that's not support for Kevin Smith, I don't know what yeah, is. That was, that, and that was the closest I've ever walked, like, uh, you know, turn off the TV, been like, okay, I mean, you know, that was a, um, you know, movie. It ended, it started, you know, credits rolled. <laughs> Let's make no bones about it. It was a terrible movie, but it's Kevin Smith, man. I'm going to support pretty much whatever he does. Speaking of a terrible movie, remind me to, to because you would say Yoga Hosers is a terrible movie, right? Absolutely, I would. Okay, put a, put a little pin in that, and I'm going to talk about another movie people are calling terrible. But go ahead. Okay. Go ahead right. with the WonderCon. Wouldn't be Wrinkle in Time, would it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have is. a little something to say about this. Will do. But I can tell you that I know I gave my review last week, and I believe I called it Stinkle in Time, and then I said, you know, I'm just kidding. I take it all back, just to let you know. I, compared I, to yoga hosers i'm not comparing it to yoga hosers it but i'm saying that's alone. a terrible movie though they're saying that's a terrible movie and wrinkle in time's a terrible movie certain circles are saying wrinkle in time's a terrible movie and i'm like okay let's hold on for a second it's just a bad movie man it's that's the best way i can put it i don't know if it's and terrible I, I didn't walk out of it and i have walked out of movies before it wink well you know what we'll get to it when you're ready to talk about it yeah yeah, yeah yeah but okay. um if you if you i know you said you didn't look it up at all but is there, uh, um, have there been any additional panels that people are like, oh, snap, can't believe they're coming here. Oh, my goodness. Except for the other than the ones that you've talked about, because I'm very interested in, do they do the, I'm going to stand in line for eight hours. I'm going to stand in line for four hours. I'm going to stay in this auditorium. Oh, my gosh. How many auditoriums are there? What are their seating? Uh, what's the big hall? What's the small hall? You got, what, what's that looking like out in WonderCon? No, there's panels galore. There's there's hundreds maybe of panels, but the ones that I'm interested in for the most part, save the uh, Kevin Smith one, yes. is all related to the arena. So you go in there where the Mighty Ducks play, and that's it. Dang like that's where that's where the God. Star Wars celebration was. That um, is humongous. That's bigger than Hall H. No, I've never been to Hall H. Mm, that's bigger than Hall H. If they're if that's where the Mighty Ducks play, you know, I'm not sure to be honest with you. It's pretty massive though. It's pretty massive. But is but Hall H doesn't look that big to me because I see it on YouTube. Is that a big place? I've never been there, so I can't tell you firsthand. Oh, at Comic Con. Oh, I thought you were in Hall H. Never okay. been to Comic Con. That's what I was saying. I I keep what? trying every single year. I try and I can't get in. They put you in a what? waiting. Yeah, I've told you this before, sir. But I'll tell you again. I don't mind. I don't think you have. I don't I'm think certain. you have though. Maybe we're just not that close, and you don't care to tell me these things. Folks, we all know he doesn't listen to the show, so it's okay. We'll forgive him for this I listen one. every week. Do you? Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Can you please tell me the four things we talked about two episodes ago? You don't know the four things we talked about two episodes I'm not, ago. I can, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I listened to the episode so diligently that it literally almost like destroys the episode beforehand because I keep, I listen so diligently that I concentrate on the episode at hand. I can't just think about every episode because it's so important to me every week to listen to what we just did only to keep abreast of what we talked about. So we don't repeat things. I got to do this sort of thing. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is what podcasting looks like. And that's also what bullshit sounds like folks. I'm just (laughs) all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, but I love you, Steve. I love you, man. I appreciate that. man. But, But, um, Oh yeah. So, 
I didn't know that they had hun- I really got to look into this because in my brain, here's WonderCon. Oh, that's mean. I'm not going to say that. Yes, I will. Okay. Um, it's the equivalent to like free comic day no. <laughs> in my brain. And I'm like, oh, WonderCon, look at them. No, but man. the more you talk about it, I'm like, wait a minute. This thing is freaking humongous. This is like the fifth one I've been to and it keeps getting bigger. You know what I mean? So, but no one talks about it. Like on, like online, I don't see people talking about it. You cannot avoid Comic Con. You can't avoid talk about that. This is but true, Wonder and I like Con, it. That, I, I like it that way right now, man, because oh, that means okay. that I don't have to fight people for the tickets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's. I don't true. have to worry about that. But all you gotta do is go to like hashtag WonderCon on Twitter. It's all right there. You're getting a. You're basically getting a play by play of what's going on. Um, I I don't like to harp on this, but can you give the listeners a bit of the different cons? And what delineates each con? I know there's only like four or five that you are super familiar with or whatever. Can you tell them what different cons are about and which ones you're like, if you like this, you'll probably like that. That's probably up your alley. I'll be really honest with you. I don't know if I'm the guy to do that with. Oh, my okay. my okay. primary you know, experience with cons comes from WonderCon. Okay. Obviously, we all know what San Diego's like. What's the other one that I've been to? There's one in Sacramento, but I don't know if it's like necessarily in Sacramento all the time, but it was called WizardCon. I've been to that one before. Oh, that sounds interesting. What's that? It's just like Wizard. Uh, I think Wizard is like a comic magazine or, a, you know, like a comic related oh, magazine. Oh, interesting. And I think that's what it's coming from, but it's it was just a smaller con. It's the same shit, man. You walk in and it just depends on, on how much effort is put into these things, you know what I mean? Or how big they get. But... You know, you walk into this big arena and it's just like a, it's a huge floor of just geekery. You can buy, you get, you know, your geek shirts, you can do your action figures, you can do like art, mm. um, you can do autograph signings. Who did I see at the one in, in Sacramento? William Shatner was there. Oh um, no, dude. That sounds really awesome. I'm yeah, sorry. The, the Shat was there. Who else was there, man? John, I think John Berenthal was there. And, um, I what? Don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of, I'm, I'm so blanking on his name and I don't even know why I should blank on homie's name, but greasy boy. Daryl. Daryl was there. At Sacramento? Yeah, yeah. Lots of people show up to these things. Gee, Stan, that would be totally fun. I'm hoping Stan Lee's going to be at this one, but I don't think he's going to be. I think he's not feeling well. I would totally go to that one. It's closer. There's no, you know, probably easier to get a hotel. I still get the people get to see the people that are essential. You got to pay 50 fun. bucks to see them. Okay. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, you think they're just there? You think they're pulling these these high profile names to just stand there and sign autographs for free? Hell no! I they thought they did panels. No, well, some of them do. Oh, that's the other panel that's going to be there. But I don't watch the show. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead panel is going to be at WonderCon too. Here's what I'll tell you, bro. I would go to that one just in if you start watching it, you can now talk about going to that uh, panel. That's just one to go to. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. Like I said, I, I tend to, on Saturday, I tend to stay in the hall like most of the day till about like four or five. That show is right up your alley, G. I don't know. I, that's a Walking Dead, I get it. But Fear the Walking Dead seems like it, like after the first season, it seems like, oh, this is Dan's show. This is a Dan show. It probably is. I think that I just got so burnt out on the last few seasons of The Walking Dead that I just Dude. had no desire. I still, I can't watch it. They are, you know. Certain certain major character just died, and I have no feeling about it whatsoever. I just don't and care about Negan's the Walking Dead. Still there, yeah. I, I love, no and you interest. know, I was Negan.com. As but was now I. I'm like, how long are you gonna string this out, bro? Like, how long are you going to knowing that sometimes he's not even on the episode because you can't get him? 
He is a popular actor now. Did you hear that he's like, there's starting to be association with him to possibly be the next Batman? He would do a good job, man. I think so. I don't know exactly all the story on that. Great job. But I did see a couple stories last week where it was just like, what if he did it? And he said he'd be down to do it. I'm all for it. I mean, I think Jeffrey D. Morgan's the shit. I've always liked him. Yeah. Me too. I, but I honestly think that they should have pulled the plug on The Walking Dead when Kirkman left. Um, Kirkman is not... He's not... I mean, because they even had a clip of him with the guy that we all know that does everything for everybody at every time of every part of every con of everything called um, Chris Hardwick. Yeah. They had a clip of him saying... Chris Hardwick was like, hey, we're going to come with the awesome creator of Walking Dead. And they cut to Kirkman on the couch. He did not. I was like, he obviously doesn't really look like jazzed. He's not like jazzed to be there. Well, didn't he? He did leave, right? Did sure I just make did. that up? Yeah. Or he's, mm-hmm. he's not associated with it entirely like he used to be. Basically, someone, they, they pulled like a, uh, a Lucasfilm. They took the creator and they just sure kept did. running with it. And you know what, man? I just, uh, I can't get down with it. So yeah, more yeah, power to sucks. all the people that love that show. I'm not saying it sucks or anything, but it is not for me anymore. Where it started totally, off, I totally couldn't stop good. watching that show. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I'm only on for the ride at this point. And uh, I mean, that's why I'm just like, OK, if Daryl was there, I'd probably be chilling. I'd be chilling in Sacramento. I'd be like, oh, that was worth it. That was totally worth it just to meet Daryl. But if you're saying $50 for an autograph, I'd be like, there. I don't know. There's maybe four people on the face of the planet I pay $50 for an autograph for. Who would they be? Um, well, you know one. And Stevie Wonder. Do, of course. Um, I would probably do it. For, oh, I would definitely do it for Paul McCartney. Okay. I would definitely, ooh, maybe six. I would definitely do it for James Taylor. Um, but I don't see him doing that. He's so green. He'll be like, why, why would I charge you for this? Um, I would definitely do it for Gabrielle Union because that means I'm within a few feet of her. Hmm. Um, I would definitely do it for... I think that's it because yeah, Prince is gone. Um, Prince wouldn't get down with that shit. Oh no, he wouldn't sign no dag. People who have Prince autographs, I don't even know how they did it. Like I'll be like, wait, he signed? He like you gave him something and he signed? It will be like, okay, you got this in '83 when he was first kind of doing his thing, but there, later on in life, no. But those are there's yeah, those are the only people that I pay. I don't even think I pay fifty bucks for a Billy Joel um, autograph, dude. Elton John, I would. That's a weird distinction. Mostly music related, though, with you, I see. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, I mean, because these are people that, with this signature, this signature wrote other stuff. Like, in this, you know, they use that signing hand to, yeah, this is what I wrote Blackbird with. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) I have his signature. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. That's crazy to me. And I think I just look too deep into that. That's what I was like. You know, even when I was watching Paul McCartney, I was like, and Stevie Wonder, I was like, I'm in the room with the guy who wrote Songs in the Key of Life. I'm in the room with the dude who wrote Yesterday. That's crazy to me. Is anyone else tripping out? And apparently, yeah, like 60,000 people were tripping out also. <laughs> I don't so, know. I, I really don't know if I'll pay for anything because I, I don't know who's going to be there. But it just depends, man. If And I know she's not going to be. But if like Gal Gadot was up there, I think I might have to drop 50, get a picture with her, dude. That is so, now, ladies and gentlemen, 
Send Dan some love if you're out there while he's going to Comic-Con. Send him all the appreciation and all the all the uh, good lucks, all that stuff, because he's going to be having a blast from Thursday into Sunday. We're going to miss you, brother, but we're going to push out. a. am going to try to know whatever, whatever happens. I'm going to um, send Dan some love, and we're both going to try to push out a show. Yeah, I'm definitely going to bring my equipment with me. I've got this recorder now and, you know, multiple microphones so it's totally possible that we'll end up doing something it might be a little slurry <laughs> i'll say that oh, <laughs> it might be a little slurry maybe you're but, in a bar being like show there i was ever i was sitting there waiting <laughs> for my waiting for me fishing <laughs> me fishing chips what was the name of that restaurant oh god mick i'm sorry i'm drawing a blank <laughs> on the name of the restaurant but that shit looked good fish cakes come bomb on. g come on Talking about the wonderful, magical Mixie from the UK. Um, I don't want to uh, make a commitment to something that, I don't know. You're a night owl. I know that. Oh, I'm going to be up all night. Dude. So who knows? Maybe we'll just, I'll just bring, I have all my equipment, dude. Maybe we can just bust out a show from the hotel room and I'll be talking to you just like we always do. And I sincerely mean this. If you're in the area, if you're at WonderCon, please hit me up. I would love to meet you guys. So I'm, I know I'm not, uh, you know. I'm not fucking some celebrity or anything like that. But if you listen to the show, I think it would be awesome to come face to face and meet you guys. So please, the offer is extended. Okay. Dope. And if they wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that, Dan? It's funny you should ask that, Steve, because I was just about to say this. And I'll go ahead and start now. Dope. Ladies and gentlemen, hello there. How are you? My name's Dan Ramirez, and I am from the Heroes of Noise. I am one half of the show, and I've got some contact information for you. If you would like to reach the show, myself or Steve, you can hit us up at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. If you like Twitter, we're there too. At Heroes of Noise is where we live. Um, at Dan Q Public is where you can get me. And of course, you can get Steve at at SE underscore Hudson Music. We are slowly getting with this whole Instagram thing, but it's just, uh, it's, it's there. And if you want to get us on Instagram, it's at Heroes of Noise Podcast. You can hit us up on Facebook, Heroes of Noise Podcast. We have this mystery ghost town account of Vero, and I don't even know what's going on with that. But please, if you want to come for the ride, Heroes of Noise Podcast, we are there too. All of this can be found at heroesofnoise.com. That's our home. We like it, and we can, we plan to make it much better as time goes on. You can hit up links on there. You can go to our iTunes, you know, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your show. That's where you can get us, okay? And you can actually, I don't even know if that made sense, Steve, but I'm just going to keep on talking. And yeah, uh, yeah, so you can go ahead and subscribe to the show there. And please, by all means, I always ask this, and I mean it sincerely, leave us a five-star review if you get the chance to. If you like the show, you're liking what we're putting down, we would really very much appreciate that. Lastly, you can get us on Spotify. We've been there for a while. And I'm trying to put the shows on YouTube. They were there last week. They were there. And now they're not there, and I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But eventually, you'll be able to get the shows on YouTube, too. And I'm pretty sure that, you, that you're going to start seeing Steve and myself, uh, our lovely faces, as we plan on getting more interactive with the community, with our listeners. So stay tuned for that. I don't have all the details yet. Matter of fact, this is Steve's idea. So you want to throw in anything? Do, look, here, here's the thing. We're going to be trying to show our faces, our, our sweet punums, a lot more on this show. Uh, because, look... Dan's a an objectively handsome dude. Uh, he's been called that from several people, and I have a feeling it would pull in listeners, being able to see that face, speak with those subtle tones and all that stuff. So we're going to go ahead and try to do that. And um, uh, ladies, be ready. Ladies and gents, be ready to see that face in front of you. This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs>
just remember on the other show that we have the word he told everyone I was a doctor and I'm not a doctor either. So we'll just just keep that in mind, folks. Don't get too excited. I know the Look, voice is magical, but you know it is magical, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Brothers and sisters, I picked up a movie and we watched a movie called Hollow Point. Now, you might be asking yourself, what the deuce is Hollow Point? I asked myself that same question. I was asking the same question. Exactly. It's a movie starring Patrick Wilson. Do you know who Patrick Wilson is? Because you do. But you just don't Uh, know you do. I definitely... (laughs) I definitely don't have the right one up, man. No, I don't. Uh, I'll just answer you because I don't. I thought I had the right. Oh, link you up. know who he is. As soon as you see his face, you're like, "Oh, son, nap!" Because the whole time, my uh, she was like, "Oh, wow!" Because I said, "You know what? He was about to be Chris Pratt before Chris Pratt became Chris Pratt." Patrick Wilson said, yes. was in, in Watchmen, correct? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone knows who he is. They just don't. And I was like, he was gonna be Chris Pratt. But Chris Pratt became Chris Pratt. No but he shit. Was, he was on his way to be him. And I'm no like. Oh shit. And it sucks because the whole time she was like, I thought we were watching Chris Pratt. I'm like, yeah, the world probably was just like, oh, and this Chris Pratt just took the trophy and just went on to become Chris Pratt. So it's so weird. It's kind of like he's like, hey, everybody, I'm Chris Pratt. And then Chris Pratt came along and went, here, this is how you do it better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what happened. I just pulled him up, and I knew who he is, but I just pulled him up. He really does have like a kind of a Chris Pratt thing going totally, on. Totally, dude, totally. And uh, it starts Ian McShane, who I can watch read the freaking phone book, and I'm still interested. Uh, it stars John Leguizamo and Jim Belushi and Lynn Collins. Jim Belushi has a, you know, he doesn't have a massive part, but he has a part enough where it's just like, you know what? I forgot Jim Belushi's really good. He's watchable if you're if he's in the right movie. This movie is not the best movie. It's pretty much about a town, um, a small town that gets an influx of illegal bullets from cartels, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be like, we can't have this in here because if once you get this here in this small town, there's no getting it out. And uh, money gets stolen, so cartel, so the cartel sends a um, uh, assassin played by John Leguizamo, which was a surprise for me, which I was like, oh, snap, look at him, to kill everybody. And it's about Ian McShane and Patrick Wilson trying to stop this. And it's it's not a great movie, but it's one of those things where you're like, I liked watching those people on screen. That's it. If you like watching Patrick Wilson and Ian McShane and John Leguizamo on screen, interacting, and Jim Belushi, well then yeah, totally. Watch this movie. If you're washing dishes and vacuuming, yeah, watch this movie. If you're cleaning, you know, your fans or reading a book or a comic and surfing the net, do that. Yeah, definitely. Because you can look up and be like, oh, look at Patrick Wilson and Ian McShane. That's cool. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like if you are a fan of Patrick Willis, excuse me, Wilson, uh, Ian McShane, or John Leguizamo, perhaps it would be best to watch a. Patrick Wilson, Ian McShane, or John Leguizamo movie that they star in that's better? You know what, Jay? That's I'm just a, asking. No, that's a really good, succinct way of saying it. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of picking up this whole thing like you're not recommending this movie. I'm not recommending it. I yeah, think yeah. you would like this movie. I don't know, man. You're not selling it to me very well. I mean, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a movie where, where you're like, you will. I watched it diligently, and yeah. by the end, I was like, 
was cool. I don't know what really happened or who did what. Go ahead. But that and then they put in a then they put in a um a stinger that you're like, oh well then I really don't know what happened. <laughs> like right when you think, oh I get it, then they put in a stinger after the part of the credits and you're like, oh never mind, I don't understand what happened. Nope, don't get it. But it's still fine. It's fine. You'll I think you would like it, dude. So if I'm on a plane. Oh yeah, like a, uh, ingrown toenail extracted, totally. or uh, something like that. Throw WonderCon hotel room, WonderCon yes. hotel room. Yeah, yes. but but okay, all right, I'm with you. Maybe you know, I'm not sure can, about this one. No, you can. You have haven't quite like sold a, me, Hudson. No, I would. I say have this on a split screen uh, with another movie showing, <laughs> and you would, probably- <laughs> <laughs> or just not watching it all. Maybe <laughs> there you have it, folks. The most, uh, <laughs> the most unpraising <laughs> praise that you'll hear yes. in this show. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to save the next one for later. Um, and then I watched a movie. Uh, it's a show. It's like an anthology show called Monsters. It came out in 1988 to 1990. And it's like an anthology, uh, you know, Tales from the Crypt. But dude. There are some freak... I don't know how the 80s and 90s knew how to be so spooky, G. Like, they have real... Like, there's a thing called Fever Man. It's the first episode. And what this guy does is people are able to bring their kids to this guy and he's able to extract their fever. But you can't go in to see what he does. You just hear a bunch of noise. So one guy sneaks in to see what he does and not to ruin it for anybody, I'm not going to even say anymore. Let's just say that there is the grossest prosthetic they put on a human being that I have seen in many years. I don't like they didn't obviously CGI wasn't available. So they just made people look gross. And is it like, scarier oh. than is it scarier than a Wahlberg's penis in Boogie Nights? Dude, I would watch Boogie Nights a hundred times before I I would touch that prosthetic before I touched this person <laughs> in this outfit. You're just like and it looked they made him look wet and oozy and you're just like, oh, that's right. CGI wasn't an option. They just had to make it. And it's just spooky ideas they come up with. And I forgot how creepy the 90s were. I mean, they just came. I'm like, who would even think of this? This is unsettling, man. So you are going to love this. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to, like, this is something where, like, you and the queen could sit there and say, oh, this was fun. Let's go to the next one. Oh, that was fun. Let's go to the next one. Oh, that was, you know, that it's like 19 minutes. Where'd you catch this on Amazon? It's on Amazon. And it's okay. like, it's a thing where it's just like, um, they're 19 minute episodes. Just a bunch of creepy stuff. And even the dude, when you first see the intro credits, you're going to be like, oh, because it's like a, I'll say it's a family, a, a woman walking in with her plate of food. She's like, hi, honey. How about, and then you look and she has three eyes growing out of her head and all of them look like monsters. What's on TV? I'm sure we could find something, mommy. And the kid looks like a, it's just like, oh my God. I don't know why that just triggered a weird memory with me. Maybe I have seen this. Or I maybe bet you, you have. You said it came out in the 80s or the 90s 80s, or something like 80s, that? Yes, so 80s. it's very possible. The 90s were good to me. So there's a lot I forgot. But oh, it's I possible. Love it. I love it's possible I saw this that. show. Yeah, I really like it. Let me ask you, is there any good wolf action in this one? Gee, let me tell you something. If <laughs> I knew there it. was, if oh, there, there was, uh-huh. bro, do you think I watched that episode, bro? I doubt it. 
It'd be like, skizip. Like, I remember my mom telling me that I freaked out and ran <laughs> when there was a there was a wolf-like episode of, of um, Fantasy Island. Uh, a guy was playing the organ, right? right? And the girl was like, why aren't you looking at me? And he wouldn't. And she said, why aren't you? And he kind of had his shoulders hunched. And she pulled off his mask and he had a wolf face. And my mom was like, you took your blanket off, put things down nicely, neatly next to you, and just walked <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> I like folded my blanket and was like, okie dokie. And that's, that's where I am on stage. <laughs> I want to know where this stems from, man. I want to know where this stems from. I don't know. I think it's just, you're not supposed to have an animal head. You're not. Yeah, but you got it bad when it comes to wolves. Oh, dude, I don't like it and at I, all. I, there's got to be something. For instance, I'm like deathly afraid of snakes, right? Yes. And I don't entirely know why, but I do remember uh, it's the same uncles that took me to see The Exorcist. They they are the these are the guys that are these they're responsible for my all of my <laughs> fucked up things. But yeah. I do remember at one point being behind my grandma's house where they where we, they lived. Um, mm. And there was like a snake in an alley. I remember oh, that. Snap. And I think it was coming at me. I don't like, oh, I don't have, it's snap. just this one vision I have. It's always the same vision. It's a memory is what I'm getting at. And I know it happened, but I can't piece it all together. And I don't know if it's my little crazy kid mind just like blocked it out or whatever, but I have a feeling that they have something to do with my fear of snakes. Indiana Jones fucked it all up for me too. I felt like, oh, okay, dude. a real man can be afraid of snakes. So now it's dude. all over and I just let go completely. Okay. I, I got a question for you. Sure. If we sure. did a video, uh-huh. a Vero video. Right. Would you hold a snake for the fans? Sure. But I'm not going to like it. And it better not be one that'll bite me because no, then the answer is automatically. Well, no, no, no. no. I'll I mean, hold you, like a, I'll hold like a boa. They'll bite you too. I don't think boas bite. I think pythons bite. No, boas bite. They have teeth. Yeah. Then I'm not holding it, bro. Bruh. Okay, they can't hurt you though. Well, they have the teeth bite. that bite. How do you figure? Wait, I may be wrong. Hold on. Do boa constrictors? Why am I even going to look this up? Of course boa constrictors do. crush their food. Do boa? So they can. So yeah, they have to bite it because they have to eat it. But I don't think they bite to kill. They it's crush the first their food. result. What are people searching for on Google? Why would this be the first result on do boa con have teeth? I'm like, oh, are you running into boa constrictors wherever you are at work or something? <laughs> like, are you looking at one of the offices and be like, hold on, but does it have teeth, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, before I became a supervisor at my at my facility, uh, there is we we actually have um, our building is right by a freeway, and then on the other side of the building is a reservoir, right? So one day yeah. I walk one day I walk into work and there is a fucking snake coiled up in the middle of the hallway. Real, like a real, I think it was a rattlesnake, actually. Shut up. I think so. I, I could be wrong because they're all rattlesnakes when they're that close oh, to me. yeah, that's true. But I was out. I, I, I walked, because, you know, we could walk, there's a whole other direction you could walk in this building. It's just like a big square, circle, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I was gone. Like, I didn't give a shit how many patients walked by that thing. Oh, I, I, I wasn't in charge. I was I was not dealing with that snake. We got it handled pretty immediately. But I'm like, nope, sorry. Look, here's the problem. Uh, there's a fucking snake in the hallway. <laughs> and the kid's not going anywhere near this thing. So you need to get rid of it. So we got this dude named Al to take care of it. He was a man. He like tri- trapped it and put it outside and set it free. I would have killed the shit out of that snake for sure. 
Here's the thing. I have a terrible story to tell you if you're afraid of snakes. I had just moved into a new apartment complex. It was new when I moved, not new, but fairly new when I moved in. It was it was the one across the street from the church on Herndon and Milburn. There's that little, I don't know, Northside Church. Oh, yeah, and I know what ha- you're talking about. They have orange apartment buildings across the street. I know you're I, talking I, about the, not that the, the Mir- listeners know this, but the Mirage, right? Yep, I moved into yep. the Mirage apartment. So I was gotcha. there, and um, I was taking a shower in my new apartment. And I felt something slide across my toe. Oh, no, 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 no. And I look down and there's a snake sliding from my feet into the cupboard. Fuck all of that. No. And so, but it was only like, it was like two feet long. I don't care. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I called and I was like, hey, there's a snake. And she's like, yeah, it's new ground. So yeah. And the dude walked in there and he's like, okay, I got it for you. He had impaled it. On a steak. Good man. I said, bruh, if I knew you were going to do that, I would have caught it myself. And he just kept walking. He said, but you didn't. <laughs> I thought. That's that's my hero right there, man. I thought he was going to send like a person that knew what they were doing. I'm like, gee, if I knew you were going to send Jack from across the street, I would have just done it my dog on self, man. But I thought that they had, oh, oh, don't worry about it. We got, okay, we'll send somebody. Otherwise, I would have just, I thought that they're like, oh, no, we have snakes in this area, and so we'll just get rid of it. As a matter of fact, I'm almost sure if I would have called Animal Control, they would have probably said he just stabbed it. It could be animal cruelty. Shout out to Jack from across the street, because I'd have done the same damn thing. I would have got if, I, if I would have even got enough courage to go near that thing, that's what yeah. I would have done. I don't mind getting... Okay, so here's the information on boa constrictors. Boa constrictors strike when they perceive a threat. Their bite can be painful, especially from large snakes, but it rarely is dangerous to humans. They have a million... They have a ton of, like, jagged teeth that hook in and pull. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I will hold a snake to answer your question. If, it, if you can find one that doesn't bite, I will hold that snake. But I, I can't, dude. I mean, a defanged one? I don't like it. I, I It's the whole, like striking yeah i can't do it man i'm sorry that's the what's my one fear here's what i think we should do here's oh i got an idea dan okay okay but just remember there will be wolves involved on this episode no that's what i'm saying i will deal with a werewolf a person dressed as a werewolf yeah because that's the same (laughs) (laughs) versus a live snake yeah steve (laughs) sounds like a deal boy you really know how to sell it. <laughs> Fucking crazy, man. Tell you what, I'm going to have you jump off of a building with no parachute, right? All right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump off of a box that's and, I, and I'm going to go, ah! Like it's the same thing. That is Deal? so funny, dude. <laughs> that is so, you're right. Okay. I was going to say. Steve can never be the host of Let's Make a Deal. What would it take for me to do for you to get struck by a a, a snake? Like they strike and Why you put I your want, arm there. What the fuck am I, Steve-O? Nothing. I don't want I think, this. I, I think I you would give me money. It. Give me some I, money. I think maybe. I'll do it. I might do it. More power to you. I can arrange would, this. I can arrange this to make it happen, but no. I think there's that's Vero waiting to happen, G. Why would you want that? That makes no sense. Because then I can say I got bit by a snake. Awesome. Go walk around in the mountains. It'll happen. Ooh, here's the question. Tarantula bite? Tarantula bite or snake bite? Tarantula bite. Dang! I think tarantula bite... No, they hurt more. 
I don't care. Damn, Dan. It's the physical. It's the. It's. It's how they coil and strike. I can't do it, dude. I don't know what it is. There is a science behind. They had a whole. Um, they had like a video section about the science behind why we are unsettled by snakes, and they, uh, they said a lot of it is because we don't understand their movements. Our brain cannot gather what they're doing when they're moving. Works and so they're me. like, that makes people real. When they're doing that side, sides, they're like, our brains can't quite understand what's happening. So since we can't make sense of it, it freaks some people out. Whereas like, you're not freaked out by a wolf, even though they're way more dangerous. Lions, even though they're way more dangerous, it doesn't unsettle you. It would freak you out if you saw it in person. But there's something that triggers, like that a snake triggers that just is different when people are scared of snakes. Just trigger something. They don't even like them moving on them. When they feel it moving, they're like, oh. Yeah, no, I get it. I, yeah, but- uh, on um, on Netflix, they have Planet Earth 2. Yes. And the very first, I think it's the first episode. Has to be, because I was like, I'm out. It was this, um, <laughs> it was, I think it was like the islands is what it was called. And I don't know if it was the Galapagos Islands, but it was an island, a very remote island. And it was... Uh, there's actually been some funny like memes of this and everything, but what it is is it has these eggs that are being these lizards, these big what do they call them like dragons. Yeah, I think they're the dragons. They go and they they plant their or they you know they bury their eggs that they lay. Mm-hmm. So when these freaking they have to make it back to the water. Area, right? <gasps> oh, so yeah. so when they hatch and they come up through the sand. They have to make it through this big rocky area to go back to where the rest of their... It's weird how they know where to go, but they do, right? Yes. Anyway, the only problem with that is is that there's nothing but snakes. Predatory snakes that are waiting to kill these things and just like oh wrap them up and bite God. them down. And if that doesn't show you my fear of snakes, like I don't know what does. Because the, they move so fast and they're like just jamming up rocks. It's crazy, dude. Like, Oh, no. gee, they're... Like for me... You know, this is such a tangent, but I was going to go on a massive, you know, trip, you know, celebrating my 40th birthday. Maybe not, on, obviously not on the day of, but like go to like Sweden or Amsterdam or something like that. But something I also was just like, I watched a video. You know how me and videos, those like touching videos that bring tears to your eyes. I saw one about a guy that was in a plane and he had just rescued, you know, one of those small planes. He had just rescued a baby uh, baby gorilla or monkey or no, like a baby ape from poachers. And I was like, okay. I would want to be involved with something like that. I'd want to go and do something like that. Where it's just like, this thing is alive because of me. Like I went and saved something. I'll tell you what. Like, What's that? I'll come with you. On this trip. Oh, that would be really fun. However, if a snake is involved, you're on your own. I don't think it would be. I think we would literally just be. Now, mind you, being that what struck me was it's you saved it from poachers. And I'm like, huh, what are they willing to do for us not to save it? That was my only thing. But, you know, your boy throw them things, though. Your boy throws them things. So I don't know if they want to see me hand to hand. Battling poachers? Gee, I'll be hiding behind trees, man. Next thing you know, they'll be like, hey, Johnny, make sure you look that way. Johnny? Johnny? Hey, Johnny's up in a tree, homie. I don't know if you got the memo. (laughs) You got like a cheap (laughs) Toys R Us Black Panther mask on? (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know, man. How many approachers are there out there that are named Johnny? I don't you know, think there's going to be I, that many. That's true. You know, that's a very good. But I do. I want to do something. Instead of doing something for myself, I want to do something good. I want to actually walk away and say, I did like, even if it's like, oh, you know, you're taking these, uh, you know, Antarctic animal, you're saving them and bringing them to the doctor or something like that. I'm like, why am I going to do something for myself when I could do something for something, something else? And so that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, enough about me. Um, the last thing I watched is something that you've seen and you did a three hour podcast on. And boy, do I want to talk to you about this. Oh, I wonder what it could be. Did, could it be that you finally watched something I've been trying to get you to watch forever? It's called The Last Jed I. My goodness, you actually. Dan, okay, look. Uh oh. I liked this movie. I liked this movie a lot. Okay. That's it. I liked it a lot. Now, here's what I'll... There's no butt coming? No. I don't understand the people that hated it so much, but I also don't understand the people that loved it so much. Both of those sides, I'm like... But I I think I less understand the people that hated it so much. I thought it was a perfectly fine movie. It was perfectly fine. You know, there was nothing bad about it. You just walked out. Now, it's not going to give you... The feeling for me that Force, Force Awakens gave me. I mean, Force Awakens was just like, whoa, that was a freaking good movie. Even, um, you know, I watched the first uh, Star Wars and I just walked out of that saying, holy crap, what a good movie that was. Only thing I didn't like on the first one was that um, Jabba the Hutt CGI thing. That was the only right. thing. And other than that, I was just like, now that's a movie. But this one, I was like, it was fine. It's fine. So it didn't really, but you didn't. You now I'm not saying this is what caused it because if you didn't, you know, if you weren't moved by it, that's that's all good. I'm glad you liked it, but you also broke it up into two parts, right? I did. Yes, break folks. It. I, I just gave I myself did. up. I already knew we watched it. You know, we're, we're we, we we behind the magic, right? There's behind but, the magic. Yeah. <laughs> I broke it up. I broke it up. I left after. Um, the, I left after. Oh, um, when Ray. When he, he was saying, hey, you're going to have to, uh, Ray was telling Luke, we're going to have to save Kylo Ren. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. She's like, well, then I need him to to beat the four, or I need him to beat uh, Snoke and all him. He's like, no. And so she hands him the the um, the um, lightsaber. And he's like, no. He's like, well, then I need to use him. I had to stop there and then come back later. But when I finished it, I was like, it was a fine movie. It was perfectly fine i just don't i think a force awaken it is not it is not that you know it was a very simple plot there wasn't a whole lot going on with it it was a it was an escape movie a chase movie if you will Mm -hmm. and it was i'm ray i have to get luke to come back to help me but he's not going to so now we got to handle this in a different fashion and then of course luke's reaction to it you know that was essentially it for the most part and then, yes. of course, you know, um, the, the Ray and Kylo association. And, of course, the, yes. the, the very short and unnecessarily short Snoke appearance, you know. Um, but there wasn't a lot to it, and I, and I understand what you're saying there. Uh, but I think that as a piece to the puzzle, it just made everything so much better. For instance, 
you had uh, commented last night that you thought that the Yoda part was a little cheesy. You mm-hmm. thought he looked bad. But mm-hmm. to me, to me, that was magical, man, because it was like seeing, you know, the last time we saw Yoda, and I'm excluding the, the prequels, he was dying. He died. And mm-hmm. he was old, you know. So when they, and then, and then they went into the prequels and they did this younger CGI. They did a Muppet for episode uh, one. And it was just kind of stupid looking. And then they ended up going to CGI once he started doing battles and shit. And I, I just never cared for it, you know. But they brought back the practical effects again. And to me, that was great. That brought that made me feel something from my childhood to see those two in that situation. And he's given him, he's like, I'm back because I have to be basically, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have yeah, to yeah. make sure that you go and do what you need to do or you handle it how, how you need to handle it. That was amazing to me to have Yoda back like that. But you did not like that part. You thought uh-uh. it was a little cheesy. No, I mean, I, the thing is, I know what they were trying to go for. I think they could have done it better. No question. Because so? I think, um, for some reason, I must have seen it because I remember what Yoda looked like. I remember a scene I was watching as a child where Yoda and Luke were like in a swamp or something. See, and this is why I have to discredit your opinion. <laughs> why? Because you don't even know it's called Dagobah is what I'm getting at. I know I'm oh, being no, a, no, no. I do, I'm being I a nerd. As a, I know that. But I, just, I know it's just that hard. it was a I know it was a, a thing that didn't. Um, I remember what Yoda looked like. That's why and it reached back into my subconscious because when I saw Yoda now, I was like, I don't like how this looks. Whereas if I would have watched that movie, I wouldn't even have taken account how old it was. I would have just said, you know, that looks good for some reason for me. It looks good. I don't think this looked good. It just looked, it took me out of the movie. I, and I, I'm going to have to watch the other ones just to see, okay, let me see if it takes me out of the movie like this one did. Or if it was just like, nope, still in, all the way in. I don't think Yoda is going to take me out of the movie like it did on this one, for sure. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm in. I'm still buying it. I can't say I feel you, but I understand what you're getting at. But there's something that I'm going to talk about in a little bit that kind of, I don't know. I I feel like it sort of um, reinforces what I'm talking about. But I'll get to it in just a second. But okay, okay, so go on, go on. No, and I liked um, I liked everyone. I thought Boyega did a good job. He was, um, I think they tried to jam pack a lot of different things into one movie. I think they tried to do a bunch of little, even though they all converged on the same story, so many tonal shifts happened that um, this was for a fan of the movie, which is totally fine. You're making this for a fan of the movies. I think that they should also take into account that some people will see this that aren't fans because, you know, when you make a billion dollars, some people have seen it that have never seen another Star Wars, probably. They just went to see this. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I get you. But I just happened to see, you know, I only saw the first one because I'm just redoing it all. But I thought it was a, um, I don't, I think I would have liked this a ton more had I not seen The Force Awakens. Or the first, uh, I think if I didn't see the first Star Wars or Force Awakens, I would have really liked this movie. But man, the last two I saw were just freaking good, man. Like they were really good. It puzzles me how you can just jump around like that. You know what because I mean? I because you got to understand, this is the Star Wars saga. Like it's yes. meant to go in a certain order. Yeah, so, but... With I the exception of jumping backwards to do three prequels, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's it's a full story. 
Totally. I feel it needs to be seen that way. You know I don't, what I mean? But I don't, I think that since, like, Star Wars is one of those things where it's such a part of the uh, lexicon of, you know, uh, moviegoers that you almost know the story. Like, if it was a brand, if it was a thing that you don't even know the story, well, then, yeah, totally do that. But if someone has, now, mind you, you're not going to know, like, little intricate, like, the Star Wars quiz I gave you. Obviously, people aren't going to be able to answer that. But people that haven't seen Star Wars, really, and that are 40, if I asked them run-of-the-mill story arcs, they would just know it because it's so part of American society now. So it's nothing like, wait, who's that guy? What? Who? Where? Why? I don't think that's going to be a situation. And so if it does not take away and say, well, this is a piece of the story that you didn't know about. If it doesn't do that, well, then the movie should be great because you know the pieces. Since you know the pieces, this movie should be. I didn't know the piece, all the pieces to Force Awakens, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, man. I even told you, I said, yo, what a movie. If you can do that there, you should be able to do that with all of them. If you can do that once. I see Force Awakens as more of a, like, that's a good place to start, actually, if you haven't seen any of these, because it's a fresh start. Yeah, they're bringing back some old characters, but it's kind of like going, hey, this is that person that we're, and they and they, they do a very, it's a very good way of explaining things to you. You know what I mean? Of reintroducing some people, whereas this one just sort of takes the lead and just runs with it. Um, totally. But totally. I think to me, I'm never going to agree with you in the fact, like what you're saying, but it's a whole different vibe for me. I had this is something that I've embraced my entire life. There it I grew is, yes. up on it. I've seen these movies multiple times and I do mm-hmm. go into the interworkings of it and everything like that. So when you know, when Yoda dies in Return of the Jedi, that's like that was a pretty big moment for me, you know what I mean? But to see him come back as the old Force Ghost like that, uh cuz he's never Force Ghosted before except for one little quick scene at the end of Jedi. Um that meant something to me. I actually found that scene really emotional to me. I mean, that's just maybe because it just brought the kid out. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, Skywalker, you know, <laughs> you dumb shit, Skywalker, you know, steal that yeah, same totally. fucker, you know. So, for, so to me, that was, that was, it was kind of magical to me. That was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. Now, I, and the thing is, like, there's, I, again, I think that as a movie, for a movie maker, someone who makes movies, what they did in, in The Force Awakens that was so genius that made me know, okay, you can do this. They knew that maybe some people aren't going to be familiar with Han Solo and Chewbacca. But they did it as if you are even tangentially familiar, I'm going to reintroduce them in a way that's going to make you be like, oh, it's the guys. He knew how to do that. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to introduce awesome. them. Because they, he's like, I'm not going to do some weird, you really have to be deep. And no, he's like, I'm go- I know how to introduce somebody so that you dug it. JJ is that guy. He knows how to be like, oh, I'm going to tickle all the fancies. Watch this. He knows how to make a movie. He's a movie maker. <laughs> he knows how to make you walk out of the theater thinking, I liked that movie. And still have p- fans of the thing. Say, I like that. He did it with Star Trek. Diehard fans still like that movie, and people that really weren't familiar like that movie. That's what J.J. Abrams is able to do. Not every director can. And it's not taken away from any other director. It's just not everybody can do that. Also, I saw Rogue One. I didn't like that. I thought it was fine. I didn't really like it, though. It was just like a fine movie. Like, I really forgot I had even seen it until I started thinking about it right now. And I watched that all the way through. 
And I was like, yeah. It's not I my favorite. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my thing. Now, Ryan Johnson, I like the things he's done. But when he first got this, I was like, huh. This is an interesting choice. As did a lot of people. I, mind you, I hadn't seen anything yet. I didn't see I wasn't attached to the Star Wars. So whenever I whenever I heard it talked about on online, it was a lot of the people that you would think would are really, oh yay, Ryan Johnson got it. I'm like, yeah, because you like what he did in it was all about what he did in his previous movies. You know, he's done movies that people really like independent people really like. And so giving him a shot is a major thing, right? You know, right. We're, we're talking about the, you know, the guy, oh, um, you know, the guy that did Looper and he did Brick and, you know, he did the Brothers Bloom and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, you know, this guy's going to bring. Uh, you know, the independent sensibilities to the Star Wars thing. And I never understood how that was going to work. I was like, but I hadn't seen, you know, I don't, I didn't remember many of the Star Wars. And so I'm like, oh, it might work just fine. And I think it worked just fine. Again, that absolute hate for this movie that real fans are having, it made me feel like, well, maybe I just don't understand it. Maybe I just don't get this movie or get the, the, the sentimentality of it or the, the, Oh, the nostalgia of this whole thing. I thought it was a fine, totally fine movie. But there was like vitriol coming out. I was like, sure. I, don't under, I don't understand. I don't. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Did he not do something? Did he do something that was like, that's not true. That's not true. Is there something he did that was like that? There was a lot of that going on. There was like, you know, fanboys saying that, oh, well, that's not how the force is used. And, you know, you're you're taking all of J.J. Abrams work. And basically even Kevin Smith said it in a, in a very friendly way. It's like it was like a kind of a he, he threw a lot of fuck you, J.J. Abrams into the movie. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that J.J. set up that he didn't really follow through with. Ray's parents. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin Smith said that? Yeah, but he said it in the kind of a, like he said he loved the movie. He loved the movie. Oh, cool, cool. cool but cool, he was cool. acknowledging okay. that that it was quite obvious that Ryan Johnson just basically threw out because from what I understand, I don't know how much truth there is to this. <clears throat> excuse me, but J.J. Uh, Abrams actually had like a rough draft of all three of them, and then he ended up doing Force Awakens, and then Ryan Johnson jumped onto this one. He took that draft and basically threw it out the window and did what he wanted to do. But there's still that third draft out there. That I don't know if it even works anymore, but you know, now that JJ's taken back over again, maybe it's maybe it's great. gonna maybe it's gonna be great. But I think this one was great too, and I actually appreciated the changes that he did. You know what Did I mean? I think it's 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 just another side of the camp, and it's the same people, the same people like myself that grew up on this thing. They have certain expectations. You know what I mean? Even seemed, even yeah. even Mark Hamill. Um, I saw that where he had a little bit of disagreement about Luke Skywalker. He had direction. a big disagreement. He pretty much told him, I hate everything that you've done with this character. He shouldn't have that said that in said, public, dude. He shouldn't have said that in public. I, I, well, again, I'm going to talk about something right now where I think he kind of like, I think he sort of redeemed himself. Okay. But, um, but yeah, he said, you know, I hate what you've done to this character, but it's not my character. Yes, uh, it's me. You know, I'm the actor that plays Luke Skywalker, but it's not my character. So that said, now that I've, you know, vented, I'm going to do everything I can to dedicate myself to totally, this character, which to is give dope, you the character that she wants. So yeah. he was totally professional and stand up about it, you know? Well, he's, he Campbell. seems like that guy. He seems like a guy. Number one, he's the only character. He's the only person on the Walk of Fame that I've ever known to get a star for one character. Was like, it? I mean, I know that they, they definitely emphasized that because they had Harrison Ford there, you know, the great public speaker that he yeah. is. 
And, I don't know uh, what else he's done. George Lucas, but I mean, he also is the voice of the Joker. True, but I don't think that that's going to get you a walk of fame. No, but I think sure. it's all it all it's all encompassed. You know what I mean? I think that it's that's Luke definitely Skywalker, another. Though. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But that's, that's also his. I, but that's his second biggest role is the voice of the Joker. Like that's no yeah. joke. He is the favorite. Oh, for from sure. The yeah, but I think he's one of the few that without the Joker, he still would have gotten this. With yeah, these movies coming out now, he still would have. And there's not many people that that is a that is love to Lucas saying. I made such iconic characters that these are the only things you ever have to do and it will make you famous. That's crazy. I mean, I don't have a list of all the stars or anything like that on, on the Walk of Fame, but I really can't argue that. You know, I don't know if That's, there is anybody else there. I have nothing to argue it with is what I'm saying. Well, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like the Walk of Fame isn't what it, you, you pay $10,000, you get a star. Sure. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal, but before it used to mean something. And I think Hamill... When it meant something, he would still be in the conversation. When it meant something, he would still be in the conversation. And again, like, I want to make it clear. I thought this movie was fine. Like, I, again, I don't, when the people who loved it, I, I, like I said, I totally get the people who loved it. The people who hated it, I don't understand that. But the people who loved it in my brain are like, of course they'll love it. I think, they'll, yeah, they're going to love it. Of course. You know, that's the given. But right. the people that hated it, I thought they would be the people. And I didn't know how many people hated it that were true fans as I went online. I was like, oh, these aren't just run-in-the-mill, like, me's walking around saying they hated it. These are people that are like, they loved Force Awakens and hated this. Yeah, man. Like, it's on record. It's like the most, you know, this is not an, um, an original sentence, what I'm saying, or original statement. But it is the most divisive Star Wars movie that today. is crazy. Even more than Rogue One? Well, Rogue One's standalone. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just okay. either you liked it or you didn't. And yeah, they throw a few nods in and they put it into a certain time frame. You know, it's it's literally right before episode four, A New Hope. Literally. You know what I mean? Like you could yes, put those yes. two movies, you could put the end of that one right on the, on the beginning of episode four and you have an extension. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, outside of tying it in that way, it was a standalone movie and it was fine. Like like you're saying, it was a fine movie, but it's not one that I can watch over and over again. I think I am on my sixth viewing as of last night of uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> now, so you, so have you talked to? That would be an interesting conversation. I would love you to have is if you found a person like yourself that are really into all the Star Wars films that hated the Last Jedi. I would love to hear that que- that conversation. That hated it. Not just, eh, it wasn't my favorite. That hated it. Yeah, me too, Steve. I would like that as well. Because everyone that I've talked to that are that's close with me really liked the movie. Yeah, I haven't heard any, yeah. any negative complaints about it out of my camp. My no, friends, of course I mean? not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't understand how someone... That's why, you know what? I'm going I'm to look up a... Um, now, mind you, you already know. If I look up a podcast and they hated it, I'm still going to... The whole time I'm going to be like, like, why? What? Why? That? Like, it's probably a bunch of little things that I'll be like, you got mad at that? It's not going to change my mind. For some reason, we always talk about this band and I rarely listen to them. That's the weird part. But getting back to Metallica yet again, I think that I think that this is kind of how I felt. You know, I loved the band, right? Mm-hmm. And then they put out the Black Album or the album that you, the one that you liked with uh, mm-hmm. Enter Salmon and all that. That was very negatively, you know, like, again, they gained so many fans, but they lost a lot of fans, too, on that one. And 
or at least they started to. But I kind of look at it that way, like, oh, you're fucking with something that was like you you just you just destroyed my version of whatever it is that I loved about Metallica. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I think a lot I'm of people you. felt that same way about I'm Star with you. Wars. Yeah. Okay. I totally get that. So yeah, I, I, I saw that and um look, man, if you guys didn't like it, all the listeners that didn't like it, please email me or you know, email the show or tweet the show or leave a voicemail to the show or tweet Dan. <laughs> Reach or, out. Yes, okay. Um, do that. <laughs> you could smoke signal the show. You could sign the show. You could Morse code the show. You could put a sky writing for the show. There's fried shrimp. There's. There you go. You just bubbled. You just bubbled the contact information for Heroes of Noise. <laughs> That's about all. I, that's about all there is. So, <laughs> oh, and so here's the thing, man. Um, I really oh. want to know what I'm missing with the hatred in this show. I, I mean, this movie. I mean, look, all the characters are just so lovable. How even like Snoke was? I mean, I liked Snoke. Um, I real mind you, I don't like Adam Driver. I'm not a big Adam Driver fan, but I think he nails Kylo Ren. <laughs> And I, I mean, I think he's a good, I think Kylo Ren's a really good character. I like he Kylo is, a lot. He's emo I, as fuck, but I like yes. Kylo Ren. I like that I really, there's a part, I'm not going to ruin it for those who haven't seen it, that I really didn't know which way it was going to go. I was like, is she right? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Maybe it's true. Is Luke wrong? I'm like, I didn't, when they were in the same room, I'm like, it makes you be like, oh, she was right. And then something changes. You're like, oh. Oh, this went, this went devastatingly sideways. But I, but when he said what he said, I'm like, of course Kylo would want that now. Why wouldn't you? I would. I'd be like, oh wait, now I could be. You know what I'm saying? I care I not would about do that. I care not about spoiling this movie because it came out in December. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and well, if you're not gonna, if you haven't seen it true. yet, you're, you're probably not going, not going to. You know what I mean? But like, when I think you're talking about the the throne room scene with the light the, the lightsaber battle, right? Totally. After it was done, I was like, "Oh, she was right." And then he was just like, "Um, yeah." Now that he's gone, but then right then I said, "Of course, why wouldn't?" That is the wise thing to do. You need you need a new guy now. And who better? The, and the fact that he was able to block out um, Snoke, give him wrong information, and do what he was... Do you know how dope that... In my opinion, in my brain, I'm like, gee, he's killing it right now. He's blocking what he... And Snoke is literally saying, I see what you're about to do. I'm like, dang, he's blocking him, dog. He's yeah. blocking him. And I thought that was so cool. And I'm like, off that scene alone, how do you hate this film? Because you see at. his brain working. You see his brain working, his force working. And I'm like, dog. And when I saw that thing twisting around, I'm like, oh, he ain't going to do his boy like that, is he? Oh, he's going to do his boy like that. He's going to do his boy like that. And he did it. Did he ever? <laughs> Gee. I loved it. I, I loved it. it. Was I was so sad good. to see. I was sad to see Snoke go just because I thought they could have done so much more with this character. But again, money talks. And but, who knows yes, what, who yes. knows how, if they could throw him back in, you know what I mean? I thought that he was going to be so much more important to this trilogy. You know what I mean? Can he not ghost force? I suppose he could, but I don't know why he would. He's never been, no one from the dark side's truly ghost force before. 
Force, force ghost. Holy shit! I is that a is that a is that a is that a a rule? I don't know if it's a rule or not. To be honest with you, I just don't think it's ever happened. Now I'm only speaking about the films because there is a huge fan base of people for the the Clone Wars and then for Star Wars Rebels. Oh, huge yeah. fan base, and there's a lot of shit that goes on in those, and a lot of characters that have been in you know books and things like that that have surfaced into this, and so I can't even speak about that at all. Yeah. Because, see, in my brain, when he force ghosted, I knew he wasn't there. I just didn't know how. When Luke was getting shot, I'm like, oh, he's somehow, like, hologramming himself into this situation. I knew it right then. And so I was just like, okay, cool. But then when I found out how he was doing it, then I was like, oh, wait, then Snoke can too. That's where my brain automatically went. I was like, oh, Snoke's not dead then. Because he could do that same jump. In my brain. Well, the Emperor never did. So I don't know why he would, but it's possible. I, I'm really curious okay. to see what okay. JJ is going to come up with on this next one. Gee, JJ's going to, let me tell you what he's going to come up with. Amazing. Even though I heard the next Star Trek wasn't good. I haven't seen it. People were like, oh, he, they hated it. I was like, oh, word. I didn't think I he know. could do it. You're wrong. talking about the last one that came out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how involved he was with that one. I don't know if he fooled. Oh, I thought he directed it. Was it, did he direct it or was it, I don't I know, know Simon don't Pegg, know. didn't Simon Pegg write the script or something with that? I'm not a huge Star Trek guy, so I don't have all the knowledge on that one, but I'm pretty sure Simon Pegg had something to do with that. Oh, really? Okay, well then that would make, that would make totally, that would make total sense, G. I didn't know that. Because I was, I was under the, I never thought that J.J. really does bad movies. And so when people were just like, that movie sucked. I was like, did it suck though? They're like, no, I, it, we loved the first one and it sucked. Would you say it sucked? Was it Into Darkness? I think it was 2013. Was it Star Trek Beyond? Which one was it? Oh, Star Trek Beyond. That's the one. Again, yes. I'm not I'm not really uh, into it. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was directed actually by Justin Lin. And uh, oh, it was well, written, it written yeah. by Simon Pegg. Okay. So I think that... I think that um, I'm not exactly sure how much JJ involvement there was in this one here. It may be like an executive producer. When are they going to realize just once you get him on a string of of, of movies, just don't let somebody take over after him. Just let him have it. You know, I'm looking at it more thoroughly, and no, I don't see any. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because again, I'm not a Star Star Trek guy completely, but I don't think there was any involvement of JJ in this one. That That was my gut instinct. I just had to check it out. And I just remember that Simon Pegg had a lot of involvement with this one. And I think that's where the bad script came from. I see a through line. I see a solid through line. Like when J.J. drops something off into someone else's hands, it isn't as good. It's going to be disastrous on some level. On some level. But, or someone just is going to love it. Like, I know you're going to be on board for anything Ryan Johnson does now. Well, he's he's doing the next three movies. So, yeah, I'm on board for that. Jesus. Yeah, he's doing the next trilogy. That's going to be completely oh, separate from the Skywalker man. family or anything. So yeah, bring it, dude. Oh, I got to look see. up. I got to look up the. Fa- oh, I wish I would have watched it before because I could see how the fan people thought about him getting three movies now. If they were just like, okay, we'll give him a shot. That doesn't sound like their style, right? It sounds like they were just like, what? <laughs> you know? I think what it is is that he got along so well with Kathleen Kennedy. That I think That's she just what, handed the keys to matters, him. Jake. She handed That's the keys to the kingdom to him. There it yeah. is. Again, I'm going to get a little more into that in just a second here. All right, go for it. What's Oh, um, that's all I watched. What you watch, brother? 
And that's The Last Jedi. Um, if you guys have not heard of that, uh, you could watch it on several different platforms. You could actually uh, purchase it or you could rent it from iTunes or Amazon or anywhere else. So you get your wonderful movie watching experiences. Go ahead. That's correct, Steve. Coming up next. <laughs> so, yeah, I might as well go ahead and just segue into what, what I was going to talk about. I had it second in line, but since you just finished talking about The Last Jedi... I'm going to talk about The Last Jedi. So, yes, I purchased it, folks. You can purchase it as of last week, and uh, it's a great buy. Now, let me tell you, Steve, let me ask you a question. When you buy, do you buy a lot of DVDs, Blu-rays? Negatory. But when you do buy them, do you ever buy them for the special features? Um, No, I do not. I used to. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's use that then, because I get it. I don't buy a lot either now, especially since everything's digital. But um, when you you know, I'm sure at some point in time you've bought a movie and you bought it for that you were hoping to get some good special features, right? For sheezy. So I honestly, there's not a lot of movies that I've bought where the special features were anything to really write home about, and that is not the case for this one, man. They came so correct with the bonus features on the on the Last Jedi. I am oh, yeah. so so freaking impressed. Um, nice. There are multiple deleted scenes. There's probably over, there's easily over two hours worth of, of watchable, very watchable bonus features on this. They have just scene after scene of things that were deleted. Um, basically, it starts off, it has Ryan Johnson talking about, I'm not even going to talk about The Last Jedi, guys. I'm talking about all the bonus features. I think it's there. Yes. They're that good that I wanted to talk about it. Um, it starts off and it talks about, you know, hey, we had this great movie and it was just a really, really long movie. And so obviously, like most movies, when it's time to, you know, put it out there, there's things that you have to cut out. So they cut out all of these scenes that could have been so, it could have made the movie so much better to me. Um, I'm not going to go into the individual scenes because I want you guys to actually go out and watch this thing. But a lot of people were talking about, hey, didn't Tom Hardy make a, you know, didn't he have like a cameo in this one? He does. And it is in one of the deleted scenes. And it's actually one, probably the scene that I would have cut out of all of them. That's the scene I would have cut. There's another okay. scene that's incomplete, but you could see what they were going for. And it's a really long, uh, I think it's, I think they're called Fathiers. They were those horse-like creatures that were on Canto Bite. You know what I'm talking about? Where they escape and they're riding those. Oh, those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's an extended. Adorable. Ver- yeah, there's an extended version of that. This huge chase scene that completely would have made me like Canto Bite a lot more. Because that was, that was actually my least favorite part of the whole movie was the Canto Bite. Oh, movie. that CGI was rough. Dude, oh! I didn't really have a lot of complaint about the Canto Bite CGI. It was just the, the the writing in that part, and just the whole. It just that scene took me out of the movie. I think that they could have done something and you know kept the movie going in a better fashion. And I think okay. now after seeing the deleted scenes, they should have kept this stuff in here and worked with it because it you know they ended up turning that chase scene from which is probably like I would guess I don't know under five minutes something like that. It ends up becoming with this extra footage probably like a ten minute chase scene. So I get that it's too long, but. It's amazing when you watch to see how much money just got burned. So many props, so many actors that are just not included in this here. But it was it really would have been awesome. Uh, there's, another, there's another scene that has to do with, um, it's like an alternate beginning. They cut it off and they say, you know, there's a part, do you remember when um, Finn wakes up and he's in that, he's got all that shit, that water that's shooting out of him everywhere, right? At the beginning, the first time yes. you see Finn. Yes. So that's actually at the beginning of the movie or it was at the beginning of the movie. And uh, and it was going to be like, you know, he goes, where's Ray? That's what he asked. The first question he asked. And then it cuts to Ray going up to Luke on that. It, it looked really good and it, it could have totally worked. Again, I get it. They just had a long movie and they had to shave it down. But I don't know. There's some things that really should have been left in. There's a really funny scene 
that has um, Luke is, is like screwing with Ray. And, you know, those little those keepers, the keepers of the island, those uh, caretakers. Yes. So it's yes. a scene with them involving them. And, and uh, so she's up at the top of the mountain or the island with with Luke and she sees all these ships pulling up to the island. He's like, oh, yeah, there's the poachers. You know, they're going to I don't know if he said poachers, but something to that effect. And he says, yeah, you know, once a year or once every so often they show up and they basically just take whatever they want at whatever cost. In other words, they hurt the the caregivers of this island. And she's like, well, we got to stop this. He's like, you can't stop it. That's part of being a Jedi. You can't do this. You have to stay here. And sometimes you just have to let things happen, even if it means that somebody dies. And of course, Ray's not standing for this. So this, this whole long scene of her running down the hill, running across the beach and running into this island, uh, excuse me, this uh, the camp, the encampment of these uh, caregivers. She kicks open the freaking gate and they're having like this big, like joyous ceremony. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught that, but she was kind of pissing them off. They cut out so much of this part, but even, and it shows more deleted scenes too, where she's kind of, they're sizing her up constantly. They don't like her. And she's, she's constantly pissing them off by ruining things of theirs or whatever. And this is no, it's just a really funny scene. She kicks open and she like totally stops this, this ceremony that they're having. And they're all just like looking at her like, what the fuck, you know? And then Luke shows up a little bit later, kind of like laughing to himself because he knew he basically he just played her. He just played her just to like piss her off. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. And it, trust me, I'm not doing it justice. But guys, um, I'm not going to break down each deleted scene, but trust me, they are so worth watching. I was so impressed with the uh, extra bonus footage on this. But what I really wanted to talk about is a full on hour and a half documentary that they included with this. That was brilliant. I loved this documentary. It's called The Director and the Jedi. And dude, let me tell you what, I think if you didn't like Ryan Johnson for the movie that he made, you will at least like Ryan Johnson for the person that he is. And whether or not you think he did the right thing, I'm not talking to you, Steve, so much as just people that may be not fans of the movie, whether or not you think he did a good job with that movie, there's no doubt in my mind that you will appreciate that he at least had good intentions of putting love into this movie. This, dude, I'm telling you, this documentary... And I know it's, you know, Star Wars, so I'm already like biased with it. It's directed by Anthony, I think it's Wonky, W-O-N-K-E, or Wonk or Wonky. And it's mm-hmm. written, it was written by Tylee Cox. This documents the entire making of the movie from start to finish. And um, it reminded me a lot of like, you know, back in the day when we were kids and they would put these movies out, they would always release something. I think it was on like ABC or something like that. And it would be like an hour long making of, and I loved these things. There was, they did them for, you know, Indiana Jones. I I love these things. They even made books about like the making of them. And I had all that shit. My mom used to buy that for me. So this reminded me of that. And it is just, it's so well done. The music that they use in it, you know, just to capture emotion, um, the love given to each actor, again, talking about how, like the part about how Mark Hamill's like, I don't want, I don't like this, but that said, I'm going to do the best that I can. They give him so much love on like being a good sport about that and, and really like trekking through that movie. And, um, Ryan Johnson is just like the best guy ever, dude. They, they make him out to look so good in this movie. He's such a nice guy. Like he's, I, I would love to work for this cat is what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? And everyone seemed to be that way with him. Um, getting back to Kathleen Kennedy, I think that they just clicked really well. She really liked him. It starts off at the rap party, you know, and they're up there and he's like, guys, I don't want to panic anyone, but I think we just made a Star Wars movie. And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's just like giving praise to him and the uh, the producer, Ron Bergman of the movie, who's also in it quite a bit. Um, it features all the actors. Very, you know, just very 
what they get, the fo- the footage they get, the interviews that they get with this, it all contributes to this just awesome documentary. And it's actually very emotional, too, the way that they, they do a send-off to Princess Leia, or to Carrie Fisher, actually. And they just... It was, you know, they, they probably had, like, hours and hours and hours of footage that they, re- you know, reduced to get this movie. And they just chose all the right stuff. And the stuff with Carrie Fisher, man, it can, like, draw a tear to your eye. It It's really, really emotional to me. The part about Yoda that we were getting at earlier, they... You see the crew all knowing that Frank Oz is on set. You know, it's Frank Oz, man. And he's a dude, yeah. Yeah, he's Frank Oz, man. He's the Muppets. You know, he is Frank Oz. And he shows up on set... And Ryan Johnson walks in and there's Frank Oz and he's just like, uh, like his job, he's, you know, he's like in awe of this and he goes up to him. He's like, thank you for being here. Or when he, when he finally does meet up with, um, he has Luke with him or excuse me, he has Mark Hamill with him. And then the, you know, Mark Hamill hasn't seen Frank Oz for who knows how long, probably since Jedi. And they have this really emotional reunion. You know, it's just, it's just humanity, dude, in this movie. It's so well documented. And I really can't say enough about this movie. It's it all the like I said, all the way through to the point where they're all tired. They're trying to get the reshoots. They're trying to just make this work. All the travel put in the 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 detailing of having to build. I think they said they had 120 sets that they use in this movie. Wow. Some of them taking months to build, you know, like the casino. It was like a lie. It was a big ass real casino that they built. They didn't show it in its entirety, but it's no joke. The detail that they put into this movie and. They just knock it all down and just start up with another one, you know, and and I, I really, again, I can't say enough about this, guys. If you buy this, do not sleep on this here. Watch it. Again, it is called The Director and the Jedi, and it is the best documentary that I've seen in a very long time. I think you guys are going to like it very much. Steve, I'm going to figure out a way to get this to you because you got to watch it. I think you're going to appreciate it very much. Oh, bruda. Oh, bruda. So um, tell them how they get it. How would they? How would the listeners be able to get a? Oh, you got to get it. You know, I think Steve did a fine job of that. You can pick it up digitally on iTunes. You can probably buy it on Amazon. Go to your store. Buy it on Blu-ray. It's actually out on 4K. And if you have a 4K television, get it. It's worth it. I promise you. Um, but yeah, it's it's everywhere. But make sure you get the. I don't know if they have like different versions of it, but make sure that you spend the money because I, I only spent like 19 bucks to get the digital version, and it's all there for you. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, getting back to Andy Circus, they actually break down. It's like a five minute scene. It's the throne room scene. You know his his uh, Snoke's end, if you will. And what they did was. Ryan Johnson was so impressed with his acting in this here that he actually just edited. It's what it is. It's the final movie, but it's edited with his acting where he's got the dots on him, as you call it, and everything like that. It's it's called, I think it's called One Night Only, Andy Circus or something like that. Just a quick five-minute bit, and it's really interesting to watch that. You see, like, the amount of, like, physical acting that he actually does in this movie, you know, and, and combined with his, his acting, which I think he did a really killer job doing Snoke. Super interesting. So, again, I could just sit and freaking fawn over this movie all day long. But what I'm trying to get at, folks, is every penny you spend is going to be well spent with this one. It is the best that I've seen in a long time as far as like bonus features go. Get it. I'm done. Awesome. What else you been watching, brother? All right. I got a chance, my friend, to watch Annihilation finally. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. You know, the people in the UK are actually watching this on Netflix. But I went to the theater to see it. And I liked it a lot, to be honest with you. It's not the newest movie out there, but, you know, out of the bunches that are out right now, but it's still something worth talking about, I think. Directed by Alex Garland, written by Alex Garland, and also Jeff Vandermeer, and it's based on the novel. 
Uh, it stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, just to name a few. And also, speaking of Star Wars, you got Natalie Portman, but you also have Oscar Isaac. He's in this one as well. And basically, the, it's about a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. That is a straight up IMDb synopsis. What's going on with this one is um, Natalie Portman plays this professor. I believe she's a professor, a biologist. That's what she is. And her husband, played by Oscar Isaac, is a member of the military. And he goes off because there's this, let's just call it an alien happening that's going on here. There's something that's called the Shimmer that has taken over this huge plot of land and is growing steadily. They have sent team after team in there to try and figure out what's going on. And each team never comes back. It's just like radio silence the moment they walk into the Shimmer. And no one knows what's going on. So now we get to see it firsthand as Natalie goes in because she's got a vested interest now because her husband was one of those people that never came back. She goes in, obviously, to find him. And what she finds is it's actually a very beautiful display of of, um, mutants. You know what I mean? Of like a, a mute. What am I trying to say? A mutation. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. And a mutation. It's a beautiful display of mutation. What's what she finds is that and I'm not going to give away the movie. But this uh, entity, we'll just call it that, has basically kind of bounced all DNA from every living thing in this area that they've taken over. It's bouncing off of each other and just creating some of the craziest mutations that you could think of. Um, there's some things that were you could tell maybe what maybe it used to be a bear. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's now something else. Um, everything has like flowers attached to it. Because they, you know, again, it's just all of these, these the DNA from each living thing has just sort of crossbred with each other. And it's just crazy. Um, I thought that it was very well done. I will say it's a little bit of a slow burn. It takes a while to really kind of get to the point of what's going on with it. And, you know, it, it's not the best movie I've seen, but it is certainly not the worst. And it's certainly watchable. I would, I would definitely check out Annihilation. Just some very interesting takes on mutations. And... I don't know if it's necessarily a plot twist, but this movie leaves you. There's not a lot I want to say because there's certain things, specific things that happen that could lead you to maybe come to a conclusion without watching it. And I think that if you see the end of this movie, you, you've got the main idea like, OK, I think this is what's happening. I'm pretty sure that this is what's happening, but it could be something completely different. I don't know if they're going to end up making this a, a sequel. I think they should leave it alone personally, but it leaves you with a did this happen or didn't it happen kind of a feeling. And it all makes sense, I promise you. Um, but there's just certain aspects of it that I don't want to even... Okay, I basically listened to a podcast about it. And I was trying to listen to one that was spoiler-free. But I still got some things in it that I wish I wouldn't have gotten. Because when I finally rolled up on it in the movie, I'm like, oh, that's what they were talking about. I kind of wish I would have got that for myself and, and put it together. So I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not going to really talk about it very much more. But I will give it you know, a... Uh, a high recommendation. Uh, Tessa Thompson's great in this one. Um, Natalie Portman's pretty much always great to me, and as is Oscar Isaac. And then uh, who else is in it? Gina Rodriguez does a really good, you know, she has a really good role. And then there's also Benedict Wong, who was in Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in it too. But only for just a little bit. But he has a, a pretty decent part too. So, yes, guys, check this movie out, Annihilation. I'm kind of, you know, I wanted to see it sooner, but I'm glad I got to see it, period. And I think you guys will like it very much. How was uh, Tessa Thompson in it? Tessa Thompson's great. I, I liked okay. her role. It's it's a subtle role, you know. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's, she's popping up everywhere lately, uh, to okay. me anyway. And um, it's a very subtle role. She's not like cool. 
she's not like uh, what am I trying to say? She's not hogging the screen. You know what I mean? She's more of a, just a, a an addition to the team that's there. But I liked her character, and I like what they what ended up happening. Ooh. Now with I also and, heard that Tessa Thomas Thompson's in it. Is she? Is she? Say what? Oh, so you just want to talk about Tessa Thompson some oh, more? I understand. Brother. Oh, yeah. brother. You know, this is not. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I was like, I was like, did you don't, just like, did you just hit mute heart. and go no, to the bathroom while I was talking? Don't break my heart. I got gotcha. you. No, 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 man. No, I feel, I feel your, uh, your sentiment with Tessa, brother. Um, yeah, she's not a show stealer in this one, man. But I like her role and and the arc, her story arc is pretty cool. When what ends up happening with hers is pretty interesting. So, so this yes. is to, to update everybody. This is annihilation starring Tessa Thompson. Tess, starring so Tessa Thompson. Out. Yes. The Tessa Thompson movie <laughs> annihilation starring Tessa Thompson and featuring Tessa Thompson. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for a second, go- I'm like, I honestly, for a second, I'm like that son of a bitch walked away when I was talking, didn't he? <laughs> I really, I really want you to get through this next review because you really tried to, you really were selling me on it this week. So what else you've been watching? Please tell the listeners what this movie is and why they should see it. Because I don't think a lot of people have heard of this movie. As I was one of these people, man. And you know what? I'm really glad. This is just something like, I, what was I doing? I think I saw this movie on the Apple app for movies, the trailer app. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed very interesting to me. And um, what I'm talking about is a movie, independent movie called Thoroughbreds. Directed by Corey Finley, written by Corey Finley. It stars Olivia Cook who is going to be coming up in um, Ready Player One. She's going to be in that. And she's fucking great in this movie. Anya Taylor-Joy from Split and The Witch. Do you know who I'm talking about? She's real pretty. She's got like the kind of like big eyes. Yeah. And also it's the last movie, sadly. It was a bittersweet uh, feeling about this one. It's, It's Anton Yeltsin's last role. So it was kind of bittersweet seeing him, but I'm glad I got to see him one more time. The premise is two upper class teenage girls in suburban Connecticut rekindled their unlikely friendship after years of growing apart. Together, they had to plan to solve both of their problems, no matter what the cost. And I like that. I had never read that synopsis before. And I like that because it doesn't tell you shit about this movie. But that's pretty much it. Um, Olivia Cook and Anya Taylor play high school friends that have sort of reunited uh, almost on a a bit of a play date by their parents. Uh, Olivia Cook has got some serious issues. You find out what her issues are as soon as the movie starts. But, and this is not really a uh, spoiler because it's in the commercial for it or in the trailer for it. I still say commercial. Isn't that funny? It's in the trailer for it. And uh, she's basically, she plays this teenager that has no feelings. Like she's just a sociopath. Like there's nothing there. She doesn't feel remorse. She doesn't feel sad. She's never happy. She's just one face all the time. She does it beautifully, by the way. And um, she gets paired with Anya, <clears throat> excuse me, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, um, who is Lily, and Olivia Cook is Amanda. They get together from this, like I said, their parents are sort of putting them together. And through the course of talking and finding out about each other again, Anya tends to, or Lily finds out that Amanda is a little twisted in the head. And they talk about this plot that comes up here. And it involves, it's, you know what, it's... um. God, do I want to spoil this here? Let's. I'm just going to say that murder is involved. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. It's a murder. It's a murder plot, and it's very well done, man. It's kind of like uh, I was looking up after the movie. I was looking up Corey Finley. Put it this way, dude. I like this movie so much that I almost did my first video review to put up on on a Vero or Facebook, or whatever. It's one of those, you know, the whole sitting in the car talking about the movie thing. Of course. Yes. And I'm sitting in the car, and people kept walking by me, and they were looking at me like, "Look at this fool doing a selfie." And I got, I got, <laughs> I was a little insecure with it. I admit, yes, it, guys, I was insecure I with it, that. so I, uh, I just didn't do it. I didn't turn it out. But I think I'm gonna start doing those more often now. Um, 
But anyway, I really, really wanted to talk about it. And so when I was looking at it on INDB, I found out about Corey Finley. Corey Finley, this is his first major release. Um, his main director credit is Thoroughbreds. And then he's written a short story called Sauna. And uh, I think he played himself in something. It was called Celebrity Page. It was a TV series. But that's it. And I believe that he was like a playwright or he directed plays. That's that's like his his mainstay, you know. But that's where he comes from. And this movie very much plays out. Like I could see this being a play. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And it even has like acts. I don't know if it was like, oh, it said chapter one, chapter two kind of thing. But it's it's very much like a play. And it's just so well acted. These two girls do such a great job in this movie. And Gail and I went and saw this. It was like one of those, I'm going to right after work, meet me at, at the theater. We're going to rock that movie pass. We walked in and saw it. And I had to go to work right after that. And I'm just so glad I did, man. It made my day that much better. Uh, great, great movie. It's something that's, it's it's unlike anything that's out right now. Um, and it's got a very independent, I don't even think it's like playing everywhere. You know what I mean? But it's it's a very independent movie. It's got that independent movie feel to it. But it's just very well written, very well put together. Anton Yelchin does a great job in it. He's not in it that much. But it's still, again, nice to see him. You know, you're, I was like watching the movie and I'm like, oh shit. Like, I, it took a second. Like, he's dead. I had, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't click right away. That sucked, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really sad, you know? So I, I did get a little bit bummed out about that. But it just makes me want to see what Olivia Cook and, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy have in store for us in the future. I know Anya Taylor Joy is going to be in Split 2, or what was it called? Glass is going to be the, the Split sequel. It's going to be called Glass. And I cannot wait to see that. I loved her in Split. And um, I'm really looking forward to the panel for Ready Player One now because I want to see more about this Olivia um, Cook. She's kind of an amazing actress now, and I'm, I'm like sort of all about her. I want to know what else she's been in. I want to see her movies. But she kind of she just kills this role, and I loved it a lot. So again, highly recommending Thoroughbreds, guys. Check it out if it's playing anywhere in your town. It's a very short movie. It's like an hour and a half long. Totally worth it. I think you will like it very much. So. Dope. And what else we got, brother? Last one we can break down together a little bit, I think. Um, I came across this last night, man. I'm a little ashamed, as I put out on Twitter. I'm a little ashamed that I didn't even know this existed. And I watched one episode and immediately started blowing you up at like 1.30 in the morning. And did you get a chance to watch any of this before we start talking about it? I watched three episodes. Okay, okay. So and I'm very curious. Maybe I, it's going to be weird if you have a different opinion. But I think that you liked it, but don't say yet. I fucking loved it. It was it's it's a it's animated, man. And I'm not really into that much animation, but it had all the right ingredients. And it, what I'm talking about is Marvel Knights Black Panther. It's a six series, excuse me, a six episode series. And I just think this thing is dope as shit. What did you think, sir? I liked it a lot, man. I really had like, as you can see, I mean, after the first episode, I would normally just be like, I'm cool. It took me about Three minutes to get used to the animation. Yes, me too. Me too. It kind of reminded me of like, um, I'm dating myself completely, but I got a real Johnny Quest kind of feel. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? It was yes. that, that old serial Saturday morning serial animation, yes. the way it's drawn. Yes. And it yes. does take a little getting used to, but it's amazing, man. And uh, apparently this series was broadcast on an Australian children's channel back in 2010. And then in 2011... BET got a hold of it and they were broadcasting it. So it was exclusively on BET at the time. Um, but I'd never heard of it. You know, I'd heard of Black Panther. I'd heard of Black Panther prior to the movie coming out and everything like that, but I just never knew about this. And I was super impressed with it, dude. Like that. I, I, did you get the feeling that this was not made for children? 
Oh, for dude, when they were getting when they were, it starts out with a fight in the uh in in like grasslands, and when they're getting stabbed, like you're seeing it. You're like, oh, this is not in the. I thought, okay, it caught me right then. I'm like, okay, this is for grownups. Yes, this is really cool. They did but, a spin. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, 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 no. But one thing I noticed is in the comments section, a lot of people are like, I used to love this show. I'm glad they brought it back and finally put it on YouTube. So a lot of people are already familiar with this cartoon. They're like, oh, it's finally good to see this come to the mainstream. I'm like, oh, so people did know and we're just looking for it. Yeah, I guess so. You know, and, uh, we found it on YouTube, by the way. So it's all over YouTube. There are six episodes, and I think they're only thirty minutes a piece. So you could really just re- reserve a little few hours and just blast through this thing. I personally, I'm on episode three myself. I I will finish this probably this evening. I think it is super dope, and it's I was, good, dude. I was just so impressed with the writing of it. And the thing is, guys, is they get real in this here. Like there's. There's yep. like legit racism going on, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. They, it's going back, you know, to like the like World War One times and things like that. But they are not pulling punches, is what I'm getting at. And I like and, this version of Claw better. Yes, I was gonna tell you, dude. Claw is the shit in this here, and I love yes, his gadgets. I he love he's he's very persuade. I mean, he persuades people in a way they're like, I get it. And and in moments that you'd be like, well, that's the perfect time to get them. Them doing that right now would be the perfect time for you to try to persuade them to your side. Perfect. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with this here. I was uh Stephen Stanton is the person that voices Claw. Jill Scott shows up in there as Storm. Yep. Um, yep. Let's see who else we have. Uh, Black Panther T'Challa is played by someone named Dejimon Hounsou. Yeah, you've you know seen you've seen Dejimon Hounsou. He was from uh, Amistad. He was the main dude from Amistad. He um he was in um oh my gosh what was that movie. He was a, a bad guy in oh shoot what was the name of that freaking I forgot the name of the movie. He's a no um, um dang what was his oh hold on but he was a um he was a you've seen his face dude you've seen his face if you look for if you look for um if you Google his face he was in Gladiator. Uh, Tarzan. I got him Guardians I got him Guard- I got yes him. yes that's your German Hunsu. He was in Stargate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. seen okay. him a million times. Now I got now, it. Yeah. I, I remember him from Love Will Never Do Without You from Dad Jackson. He was that main dude. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was him, huh? <laughs> Good memory, man. Good pull. That's what I remember from. But yeah, and then we have Alfrey Woodard. Come on. Alfrey Woodard's in this. Day. When I saw her name, I was like, yo, that is the dopest casting. So they had names in this thing, dude. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was real. I can't wait to see where it goes because they're building. And they keep on building up to a, this is going to be a major fight, G. And I'm like, oh, man, he's getting, like, the claws getting folks. Black Panther has folks. And he has technology. So I'm very interested in how this ends. Hey, man, did you see who's playing Shuri in this? Who? Kerry Washington. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. And you know who plays General Wallace? Who? I don't know how I didn't get that, but now it's like, oh yeah, of course, Stan Lee. Shut up! Yeah, man, there's this they is got a, Stan Lee. They have a great cast in this year. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna put it out right now because uh, unfortunately, folks, I, it's my busy day. I am gonna have to start winding the show down. I'm sorry about that, but it's I'm gonna blame you. Can blame Dan for this one here if you're enjoying the show. But I, I got to tell you that out of everything that I've watched this week, um, by far, this Black Panther. 
the Marvel Knights Black Panther, and of all things, the director and the Jedi, like, stand out out of everything I've done. I think all of them that I've done are actually pretty solid, but those are my two favorites of the week. And, and I'm, I'm planning on finishing Marvel Knights, like, tonight. But um, I am so impressed with this Black Panther series. And I think, Steve, that there's actually other ones, too. I think there might be a Spider-Man one. And um, I think there's even a couple more. I'm going to have to research it. Because, like I said, I literally just discovered it last night. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to watch as many Marvel Knights as I can. But I do want to know, do you know when that Spider-Man one that we saw the animated thing on Twitter is coming out? Damn. You're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that's going to be with um, Miles Morales. I'm very much looking forward to that. And that is actually that, coming that, out. I have never seen anything like that. I was yeah. like, whoa, this is very, different. Very interesting animation, but I think it's another thing that's going to be very easy to get you know, get into. Uh, Leif Schreiber's in that one. Oh, that I didn't. He does watch, it's all voice Leif, acting. I, I'll watch anything with Leif Schreiber, though. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there, brother. But Have yeah, that's coming watching. out. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. No, I was just gonna say, but that's coming out in uh, Christmas of 2018. All right. Now uh, we're gonna do a lightning round, ladies and gentlemen, only because we're not pressed for time. We just want to try something new. We want to do a lightning round and see if maybe we can get through certain stories in a certain amount of time. Because sometimes we sit on these things. So we want to get you as many stories so that you'll be at least familiar with what we're t- what the people are talking about in the next week. Do you want to go for the first one? Sure. Why not? Go for it. Why not? So, guys, Preacher fans, we got some good news this week, and I'm actually way more stoked now for season three because of this here. Because all last season, I was hoping this guy was going to show up. He never showed up, and now it's on. It's game time. And who I'm talking about for the Preacher fans is the all-father, Diaronique, will be in season three. Uh, the series AMC has cast Johnny Coyne as all-father. And, uh, you know, the thing is, dude, I don't really know a lot about Johnny Coyne. Do you have any of his credits? I have no idea. Yeah, no, he looks interesting. I don't know how they're, you know, I think you and I both know, and any like preacher fan that has read the comic knows that the Allfather is this massive, obese person, like massive. Doesn't mean that they can't do this to to, um, Johnny Coyne. He looks like he's got some meat on him, but he's definitely not Allfather status right there. So I don't really know what to expect, but I do know that I'm down to see Diaronique show up on screen. I, I'm nice. really hope I'm really hoping that preacher's going to come correct this season. And you know, will it be the last season? We don't know. It's it's possible. It's very possible. But they maybe maybe this is the one where it's going to like accelerate them. You know what I mean? Into the stratosphere. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I do know AMC needs to get off of their ass and start promoting things a lot better, particularly for the show if they want it Word. to happen. But yeah, that's about it, man. Real short and sweet. Uh, we have preacher season three has cast. <clears throat> excuse me, has cast Johnny Coin. As all father Diaronique, I'm quite happy. It seems that the tr- the preacher community, you know, all the congregation on Twitter seems to be very happy about this. So game on. I'm ready. Nice. All right. Uh, Creed 2 starts shooting, shooting in uh, Philly, and we have on-set pictures, and so I'm very excited about that. It's going to be good, I think. Uh, I saw Dolph Lundgren on the set. He looks older than he did, and I think it's going to be a really fun movie. They showed uh, a picture of Michael B. Jordan, who is yoked out. And so I think it's going to be a good movie. Can't wait to see it. That's it. What's next, brother? Boom. Lightning round. Ding. All right. What do we got next, brother? We have Ava DuVernay has been set. She's been tapped. Well, let me, let me break that sentence down, Steve. Uh, would you like to tap Ava DuVernay? <laughs> I am not saying a thing. Because <laughs> the truth is. I am is, not saying a thing. He doesn't have to, folks. I'm going to spoil it. He would. Let's just say that. Spoilers. All right. What are you talking about? I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. All right. So, yeah. Um, 
that's the news this week, actually, you know, fresh off of A Wrinkle in Time. And I'm not going to bag on that movie because, you know, that's just one movie and uh, Selma was good. And so she could totally, you know, come back and hit this one hard. Um, a lot of people are saying that Wrinkle in Time is not real great. I'm one of those people, but I'm not unexcited to find out that she's actually going to be set to direct New Gods from Warner Brothers. That's I don't even dumb. know what that is. I don't even know what that is. I've uh, never heard of this thing. New Gods is, um, I, I didn't really follow it, but this is where you're going to get like the twin planets, the new Genesis, Apocalypse. Um, oh, dude. Dark Side. That's these, these, big. These are the characters that come from New Gods. So I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to front and I never do front when it comes to comic stuff that I don't, you know, that I haven't yet come to be educated on, but I do know that that much about the new gods and okay, let's do it. I mean, that sounds great. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm down. We're going to watch it. We're going to be watching it. She's definitely got a vision for things. I'm hoping that DC is going to give her what she needs to get this done. I hope it's not something that's sped up just for the set of it. I know that the production budget is a hundred million right now. No, 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 no. I apologize. That's not actually. Uh, that's. I think that's what they gave her for uh, Wrinkle in Time. So I don't really know what the budget's going to be for this one. Okay. But I think they're going to have to spend a pretty penny to get it up, like battling up against Marvel. I wish her the best of luck. You know, I, I think she's a fine she's a fine director. And uh, I know Steve does too. <laughs> but um, yeah, that anyway. She is. That she is. She is a very good looking woman. But um, Nice. So it's on. Yeah. Ava du- DuVernay is stepping up into the superhero universe, ladies and gentlemen, to be the director of New Gods from Warner Brothers. Ding, ding, ding. All right. So Bruce Willis is, I mean, Fox, New- Fox News. That's funny. Otherwise, it'd be fake. Um, Fox is still trying to get Die Hard 6 off the ground. They're still trying to get all this done. It's been falling through the cracks. They got a new writer. Uh, they're trying to make this. I don't know who this is for. Nobody's really hungry for it. He just flopped making... Um, he was just in um, Death Wish, and that didn't do any money. So they're wanting to do uh, Die Hard 6. And not only that, but they're going to make it so that's the throwback. It's a prequel to all the other Die Hards, where it's built, is made in the 70s, where he's going to be a cop in a city. Like, he's going to be a city cop, how he turns into who he is now. I don't know why they're doing this, but they're really dead set on doing it. I'm not really looking forward to it. Probably going to end up having to watch it for the show. Not looking forward to it. Ding, ding, your turn, Dan. What you got? That's all I got, man. I am done with the news. I will t- make a comment on that, though. I think I know the answer to your question. Oh, please. It's a, it's a fucking cash grab, bro. That's all it is. Can we get one more? It's like Fast Ugh. and the Furious at this point. Yeah. Can we get one more They're out? good. They got better with time. Die Hard's got worse with time. I think Bruce Willis has gotten worse with time as well. Dude. You know? uh, I, didn't even as, see, I didn't even see Death Wish. As ex- no, and I, I don't plan on it. But as excited as I am to see Glass... I'm not expecting too much from Bruce Willis. And in no. fact, but the thing is, is that that character from um, Unbreakable, he's a real, you know, like when, when uh, Bruce goes into his sedate, his sedate, like kind of, I'm trying to think of something that compares to like, like when you first see him in Pulp Fiction yes, as Butch, you know, just very, yes. very low key and everything. And that's kind of like the character for, for Unbreakable the entire time. He's just experiencing all these incredible things that are happening to him. I think that he can definitely work in glass, but I'm not really all that excited anytime I see anything starry. Like I'm starting to put him into the Nick Cage camp, to be honest. Oh, dude. Well, the thing is, he got he got famous for playing Bruce Willis and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the guy. He just is the guy from Moonlighting, slowly getting less and less excited about anything. 
and he now needs, and he's just being in movies like that. He needs, he needs to get back to them Seagram's Golden Wine Cooler commercials. Remember that? Remember when he was like, uh, "Oh, always, that's right." He always had on Ray Bans and he's playing harmonica yep. and shit all the time. Yep. Yeah, yep. He needs to and get so, back to that. I'm done. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't really want to see. I'm not in the. It's sad because it used to be, be when I saw Bruce Willis movie, I wanted to see it. Now, it doesn't even put up my antenna. I'm like, whatever. Just like like you said, Nicolas Cage. Um, so, oh, we got through them all, ladies and gentlemen. You have just witnessed an amazing first lightning round, maybe second, but this is the ding, first ding. real one that we got through everything. Ding, 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 ding. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. But we have come to the point and cue the Hulk music where we're going to have to let you go. And not only that, but can you all wave goodbye to the awesome Danathan? He's leaving on a long trip. Leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when he's coming back again, but he is leaving. He's going to be going to WonderCon. So we're all waving our hands in the air saying goodbye to you, Dan. But we will see him again next week. And until that wonderful day... I will let Dan say his goodbyes until Comic-Con. You will not hear my voice anymore until the sweet, awesome next episode. We love you. Dan, what you got to say to our people? What I have to say is I'm very excited to be going to WonderCon, guys. This is a vacation that I've needed for quite some time. However, I'm a crazy man, and I promise to be bringing back lots. I don't know what I'm bringing back for the show, but I'm bringing back something for the show. I may... uh, you know, you, this is probably a good time to start adding us on Facebook and Twitter and Vero and all that because I think I'm going to be punching in little drop-ins and little reviews of things that I've saw. I think that's definitely something that I plan on doing. If you're into that kind of thing, you want to hear from me, then please do so. But even if you don't, whatever I bring back for episode 21 is going to be worth it. You know what I mean? I'm going to I'm going to get the good stuff from WonderCon and I'm going to bring it back for you good people. The exclusives, um, maybe breakdowns of trailers that I couldn't, you know, video and put up for you guys to see of course because that's the con rule but of course i'm gonna break it down for you because that's the kind of guy i am and i'm just really excited to be hanging out with my friend mike and uh this is a trip that oh by the way i'm going to disneyland too so i get to do the uh guardians of the galaxy ride it's gonna be fucking fun all next week and i'm gonna bring a little bit of it back with you and i'll share it with you guys so um yeah that's it for me too uh for steve hudson and my name is dan ramirez we are the heroes of noise Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us yap for, you know, two hours plus. We do love you. We mean every word of it. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, until next time, I'm Dan Ramirez. Peace.